Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. And we are live. The last word. And we're gathered here today for this occasion, a special occasion. And uh, what's been going on in the world of destiny, of course, the normal suspects, the cheetah, Ebontis, Ty Guy, Travis, and we have friends. But let's start with E. How are we doing on this momentous occasion today? Uh, it's not going to be long <laughs> for me because we got a lot of guests here. We've got a lot to talk about. It's been a very yes. somber week for the world of destiny. And. I don't need to say too much. You guys, uh, if you're watching on video, please check this one on video because everybody dressed to impress. Um, <laughs> it's actually pretty amazing. Travis, what have you been up to or anything to say before we get to all this craziness? I said, let's jump into it. I'll have time to tell you about the four out of 10 games I reviewed this week. Another show. Let's <laughs> hop in and talk about destiny. There we go. Yeah. Well, our guests mm. this week are all returning to the show from previous some have been together, some have not been on the show together, but this is, I will say, an, an unfortunate situation, but I'm glad to have all of these people together for a wonderful conversation. Um, tonight, we've got Manodestra, Scara9, and Jarv all joining us for a big panel tonight, so if you guys are going to check this one out, video or audio, I hope you enjoy the show. But gentlemen, all of you here, um, whoever wants to kick it off, Jarv, from across the pond, you get honors, sir, since you woke up first today. Uh, how's it going? Oh, good, man. It's been a, a long day. I've been enjoying uh, detaching myself from 1D2 and playing a different D2. I've been playing a bit of Division this week. Um, just, just to cleanse myself, really. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's been all right. And in they about 49 that, minutes, you know. in 49 minutes, it'll actually be my birthday. So, oh, hey, birthday. Oh, yeah, yeah, dressed the occasion. Scarrow, you should have worn your birthday. Yeah, Scarrow, looks like you got LASIK today. Are you doing all right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I you gotta hide the tears because you say dressed impressed, but I'm actually dressed because I'm depressed. Yes. So, yes. uh, yeah, no, uh, really, this light's just bright, man. I don't know who sits in front of these lights all day. It's ridiculous. <laughs> You look like Daredevil just lost a fight when you have those glasses on. Thank you. <laughs> Wait, the uh, the Charlie Cox one or the Ben Affleck yeah. one? Ben Affleck, because that's got, more of an insult. Got, yeah. Oh, that's... Man! <laughs> He's sure. only doing that because I'm not allowed to cuss for the first 15 minutes. <laughs> I gotta get my yeah, shots in when go. I can. So, I mean... <laughs> no rebuttals. No rebuttals. First yeah. 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Victoria got me the sick tie. I'm a nice. big so uh, it was a while ago. It was for a music video I made. I actually ended up not wearing it, but uh, maybe in the maybe in the future. So there you go. Yeah. Did anybody dress up as any? Well, real quick, Mano, how you doing, sir? 
How you doing, everybody? Yo. Things are good um, as far as I'm going. Little, of course, obviously, we've got the stuff to talk about in the game. But uh, yeah, we're, we all look like we're corporate bros, you know? <laughs> I, someone, someone said, I, like, I look like I'm going to sell you some NFTs, but I mostly just want to blame the suits. That's all I want to do. I, uh, I prefer no. I prefer the uh, the title Youth Pasture of Capitalism, actually. So. <laughs> there you go. You, you look wow. like Phil Spencer in the 80s in his coat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Shout out real quick to uh Sean Shriv with the ten dollar super chat. Just wanted to say thank you. Oh, for the solo guide would have been given more, but the paycheck was forty five percent less than projected. Oh, too oh, soon man. to the whole crew. Too Thanks soon. for great too content. Soon. Super chat, even getting it in early. Um early. Thanks. We're, yeah, we are here for it's been a rough week for the community, yes. for more so for Bungie, for quite a few employees who lost their jobs some legends in the industry who are no longer with the company that they've been there for literal decades or more. Um, it's been rough. So that's kind of the first thing I wanted to start at is chronologically this week, Monday, it just kind of started on Twitter. You saw, I think one of the first ones I saw was Liana and then Sam and then Griffin and then Bianchi. And then it just started to keep going. Um, and then that evening, uh, Carson, uh, Reed, Cinema Motions guy, he's the one who I think broke it about Michael Salvatore, which yeah. was a big shock yeah, and kind yes. of a, kind of threw a wrench into th what my business mind th thought might have been going on. Still could be some of that, but uh, it was rough. So news later came out. We had about 100 uh, laid off from Bungie, about 8% of the studio, approximately, depending on where calculations are at. Oh, so first thing I just wanted to see is like, what did you guys see? How did it all hit you? Um, I'm going to go with Travis first because I uh, just wanted to see where you're at because I know you've got uh, a friend in the IGN world who's been digging into some of this herself as well. Shout out to Rebecca yeah. Valentine. Killing it. Shout out to Rebecca. Reb. Reb. Um, yeah, it was uh, obviously not good to see it. It's sort of unsurprising, right? Like, I hate to say I told you so in this situation, but I kind of predicted like 18 months ago that this was going to be the toughest year for Destiny. Um, just before when we even saw the Lightfall first trailer, I, I felt that way. And uh, seeing Lightfall's reception and the online situation, and not only that, it's just a really good time for games this year. And live service has sort of evolved to the point where you can't really afford to make mistakes. And Bungie has decided to make all of the mistakes we thought they already learned the lessons from already um, this year. And so, um, yeah, it's sort of the perfect storm for for Bungie and not particularly surprising. Um, there is though a element of this that I think is probably unrelated to Bungie, which is if I had to guess, I would say even at 45% less projected revenue that Bungie is probably still profitable. Um, but unfortunately right now there's a thing going on in the world where it's sort of a layoffs as a fad is sort of a thing right now. Like yeah. every company is saying, oh, you know, we're profitable, but we could be more profitable if we slimmed up and it's kind of just this hot new trend that every company wants to do they just want to lay off a, a certain number of people and it to me the economics of that don't really make sense you know less profitable is still profitable uh as as i, th I think i like to point out and also the uh, the idea that you're going to lay off people who are valuable and contribute to the team just so that you can hit some sort of revenue goal or improve your efficiency as you know uh, in terms of dollars to uh dollars in versus dollars out is something that doesn't really jive with me um, and seems 
pretty pessimistic and and sad. And unfortunately, you're seeing just lots of lots of companies do it who don't really need to do it, but they can do it, and it's an easy way to make some extra money, especially if you're behind and it appeases your shareholders and your board members or whatever you're you're um, holding the the company to. So, some people I see in the comments have already attacked capitalism for this. Um, unfortunately, this sort of thing could happen no matter what the system is. I wouldn't yeah. blame capitalism. That's exactly I'm quite right. A fan of, I'm quite a fan of capitalism myself, but there certainly are shitty business practices and uh, things that you know, a more regulated capitalism might be able to prevent that I think uh, we probably should look into. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bummer of a, of a week for people who like this game. And it's been a bummer of a year for the games industry in general in terms of layoffs. Um, and uh, I don't know that there's even a really good reason for it. It kind of seems like it's just the thing companies have decided that they're going to do. <clears throat> The, yeah, the, I mean it's it's a lot easier. It's yeah. it's a lot easier to take that jump and have people be mad at you if people are already mad at other companies too, right? If you're the only person laying people off, it's like. But if everyone's doing it, and it's it's very, I think it's very short sighted. Like uh, optimization of short term profits or revenue over uh, over stuff. I especially at the expense of people's lives, like mm-hmm. or livelihoods. Yeah, so Scally in chat just said my job just bragged about making a hundred million last year. And now every warehouse is cutting staff by twenty five percent. It's it's not yeah. sadly in any one specific area. It's very widespread right now. Tech got hit. The gaming industry had one of the best years for the games that we got to play in the absolute one of the worst, at least on record that I can remember for group layoffs. And then tech is worse and then other industries as well. It's been yeah. very, very rampant. And, it, and it's companies that very clearly don't need to like the Epic Games layoffs are ridiculous to me. It's like they make the Unreal Engine, which has got to be the most profitable product in tech. They have Fortnite and they're laying people off and it is really short sighted. And I think uh, ultimately is probably not going to help the economy. It might help, it, right. you know, in the short term, but like you need your consumers have to have money to spend it on the things that you're selling. So it, you know, the, these sorts of mass layoffs across all industries is ultimately not a really a great idea. And I think a lot of these companies will have to, will pay for it in the long term. They're going to have to mm-hmm. hire up and they'll lose a bunch of, you know, uh, institutional <laughs> knowledge and brain trust and stuff like that. I can only imagine the, the fallout of not just Bungie's layoffs, but lots of other companies that are yeah. getting rid of people that they really, should be considering the assets that they are. Especially yeah. with so many of these companies on the West Coast, yeah. I imagine a lot of people are going to move away for cheaper living since you can work remotely now. Good. Yeah. And, you know, with a, a lot of these companies resisting the 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 remote work thing, like good luck getting people to move back there. Kind of just screwed yourself there. So, And that's part of the <clears throat> part of the equation, too, is just like, hey, we built this giant headquarters and you're promoting working from home and remote work. So a lot of it, I think, has to do with like putting resources in the right place, I, and that's that's part of it. You're, a lot of people forget that your main resource is your people. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, yeah. they're the people. There's a reason why it's called a company. It's a company of people, not a company of just like because if it's not Pete Parsons isn't going to code Destiny two. So, at some point, you need people to do those work, and the more support you have, the better it will be. But um. Yeah, it's just one of those things where like there's so many resources that you have. And I think that institutional knowledge is a big thing because I think we've been feeling that for a while. Like all the people who made Halo a lot, some of those people stayed behind with 343. And I feel like some of that institutional knowledge that you talked about, Travis, is being lost as we go through. And it's something that happens in every industry. Um, I used to work, I still technically work in education, 
But this is also a trend that happens in education is where you have a teacher who's like getting up to be in the ranks or they're a little bit older or something like that. And it's easier sometimes to cut some of those teachers and bring in new staff and yeah. have them just like someone who's brand new. And that could be part of their strategy. It's definitely not a good strategy because there's a definitely a lot of institutional knowledge that is lost because of mm. that. So yes. definitely Especially, a concern. Yeah. Yeah, yeah my, my, I think uh, not to make myself the Nostradamus of the Destiny universe, but the uh, you know we talked about this uh, earlier this year about the Sony acquisition, which I famously seemed to be the only person on the planet that was very against. And part of my reasoning for that is because I see Sony's life service ambitions as being in direct conflict with Destiny survival because it seems like their plan always was to kind of brain drain the company and take those people and move them over to other live service projects. And I think you're kind of starting to see some of that, like, like they, they, they may have gotten the pieces that they cared about already, or at least those people are either working on marathon or something else. And I think you see it in the game. I mean, not to get too insider baseball, but like the, the lightfall uh, release and the people that the, that press were talking to on the Bungie team were not like, the normal faces we're used to saying it was kind of like a whole yeah. different team working on that. And I think it's, uh, I mean, it, it's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Like that's normal, like a successful television show, the showrunners move on to other projects and you get, you know, new writers to do like the fourth and fifth season. Like that's <clears throat> normal, but it does, it does usually reflect some sort of like tonal change or quality change or something. And it's just one of those transitions you have to be really careful about. And I think a great way to make sure you're never going to be able to transition that knowledge is to get, give yourself a 8% haircut without any consideration to like where the, where the brain trust is. You know what I mean? Like Michael Salvatore, like really? Yeah, it's crazy. Do you, do yeah, you think that like, guy's gonna be able to like? Is that a replaceable hire? Yeah, like, I just don't that understand one. that move at all. That was yeah. one of the biggest Christ. ones. Yeah, Seacrest with cool. Deepstone Lullaby. Deepstone like, Lullaby. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you sound like you want to go on the music, but go ahead, Cog. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's literally that. Um, you know, for me, this is really emotional because uh, this game means so much to all of us, right? And um, you know we've met each other through this game, you know, this kind of thing. And again, I'm not trying to say that it's over or anything like that, but this game is a serious danger. We're not going to sit here and sugarcoat the ramifications of what's going on. And I think for me, like you said, E, with the timeline of the week and you start to see the tweets and I just felt the manner in which people were let go was very disrespectful. You know, I didn't, I didn't feel the level of care. Look, I, I've been, in, I'm in corporate. I know how it goes with layoffs. But at the same time, you know, when there's people of certain stature that I feel are afforded, you know, a level of respect in the way it's handled. And then when we talk about the vesting and, and the the opportunities that were taken away because of the timing as to when they were let go, because my main issue was that, you know, we were told and at least it was publicly put out that because of the acquisition, no one would be laid off. There would be protections in place. You know, between the Sony and the Bungie, this is what they 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 proclaim to their base, and to see people let go at the end of October, because the minute it hits November, <laughs> you yeah. get to hit that vested, you know, that those shares, and it's just it, it just felt scummy, it just felt bad, and um, you know, obviously, you know, the, the human element, people, you know, being blindsided, team managers not knowing their own who of their own team is going to be let go the chaos that ensues with that and then what i find very interesting is how forward facing and angry people are they're willing to disclose right now and this puts 
Bungie in a bad light, as, especially in which, um, you know, Pete Parsons, I don't know the man, but there's two situations here. One, the, 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 the tweet itself, right? And it's like, okay, this is a decision that you made. You hope these people get hired again. These are good people. But these are decisions as a result of upper management. The creatives, what we find out, that are trying to save the game are being the ones punished and losing their jobs. Yeah, the that people we need right now, right? It, and it, you know what, Joff? It really pained me because they, it, it comes out that they were pleading with management to, the, to our requests, to the things that we want for this game. And again, it's just, it, it's very hard to process. And the second thing, which I know Pete and the team probably don't want to come out based on the reporting, was that didn't sit well with a lot of people was like, we kept the right people. Oh, I hate right. that line. <laughs> and when you hear that, right, especially a guy like, you know me, I, I go so hard for Destiny. I will fight someone in the street if someone does say Destiny's <laughs> music is not top tier. You know, um, I feel every year it should be awarded a, a, an award based on all the things Salvatore. He comes from the Marty McDonald School. We've had Sky Lewin on this podcast. You know, Secrets we've talked about with the um, Deep Stone Lullaby, one of the greatest raid tracks Ever. I mean, Scarrow, you, you but tears in my eyes when you did the show that was with the, you know what I'm saying, the solo, yeah. like from, from, from Riven, the wall, the iconic music. If this guy is not safe and this guy's not afforded that respect, what does that tell you about what's going on in the culture? And it's just a sad time. I don't want to ramble too much. I want Jarv to get in here as well. But yeah, I'm still processing. There's a part of me that's like, you know, I don't know where they go from here. Obviously, we know unofficially <laughs> that Final Shape is going to be delayed, right? And we, we know that um, it's going to be most likely a seventh-month season. But the difference is there's less talent. The difference is people are so upset. I'm hearing rumors of people pre, you know, canceling pre-orders. You know, how do they get out of this situation? And like Travis eloquently said, let's be honest. Not only did they fumble the ball with Lightfall and it's a bad you know, overall year for them, we're in arguably one of the greatest years in gaming. So yeah. it's easy to miss Destiny right now. It's easy to say, hey, I don't got to deal with this. I'm over here, right? And, and that's why for the first time, I always, the joke was always like the Destiny killers are coming. And, but it's literally like the Scooby-Doo you know, uh, cartoon where they go, it was you all along. <laughs> like, <laughs> you take the mask off, and it feels like it was you, Bungie, all along. Like, you are destroying this game, and it's just, it's tough, man. It's tough. But I, I got more to say, Jarv, I want you to get it, because I haven't got a chance to, to watch your content and listen to your insight. I saw one video, but I'm very curious how you're processing all this stuff. Yeah, like, my, my video kind of looked at it, like, a, I tried to map it out as a timeline, because Bungie communicated their plan, like, 18 months ago, like Travis touched on. Um, and then... Clearly, Bungie's plans on how they were going to grow the studio into a multi-IP is clearly doesn't align with Sony's long-term plans uh, of what they want from from Bungie, as as it were. I think that what icked me the most about the initial communication was that we were learning about it before some of the people that were infected uh, affected were learning about it. So it's like, how can they process that? How can the families of those people impacted process that? It's, it's just completely wrong. Like that, it shouldn't be public knowledge before those are being affected or in 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 the know. Um, and then you've got like people finding paperwork that's just got people's roles and ages on it. Like yeah. what's the defining factor on who stays and who goes? It just seems like everyone's car keys got put in a bowl and they just picked random people out. You know, it's just. 
there's no doesn't seem to be any common sense it doesn't none of this makes sense to be honest um it's, it's just completely wild and then yeah my video is talking about the timelines and and the, and the finances and stuff because if you're 45 percent behind target from the revenue that you create like leadership has got to take some responsibility you can't be nine months into the fiscal year and you not Excel, try and change course or make some change and then be like oh we're three months away from having to declare our books because sony's a public company oh let's try and save some costs to save face because you, you're not saving face right now let's be honest it's, there's gonna be a lot more fallout because of the pr of this because Ooh. the one thing about destiny like the one thing about Destiny and the community is that even in the rough times, like the community has been loud and they've been like, this is not good. We're, we're frustrated. We have all these things, but we've always been with them for the most part. Excellent. This is the first time I have felt that there has been almost like a mass. I wouldn't say a mass revolt, but it's the, it's the first time where you have people who I, I don't. I think everyone's going to stick around until the final shape, but I think a lot of people were willing to stay afterwards. Um, some people are going to leave no matter what, because they're like a decade of a game is enough. And, mm. uh, but there are a lot of other people like content creators and stuff like that. They're like, we want to see what marathon has to bring. A lot of that goodwill is going to be gone now. I think because we, it's a fundamental breach of trust mm. with the consumer. And I think as content creators, as gamers, you know, when we hear all these things that we've been saying all these things for so long, like how many times have we've done feedback? I mean, I've been lucky enough. You guys have invited me here. And a lot of it is just feedback stuff that we were like, hey, this is stuff and we've been doing this for years. And I, Travis has been talking about it uh, at IGN. And these are the pieces of feedback. You have to do something with that feedback or it just it just nothing happens. So I think that there's going to be a lot more fallout for this. I think the biggest thing is um, letting... How do, I, how do I say this? I can understand people canceling pre-orders 100%. I don't see how they can stop that wave, but I don't want them to fail. I don't think anyone here on this podcast wants Bungie to do poorly or light or final shape to do poorly. Um, we have no animosity. We just want everyone to do their best and be the most successful, but it's hard to see that vision forward. It will be interesting to see how they move forward and what they do next, because I don't think the usual, like, for example, the, the statement today will do really anything. It's a completely fail faceless statement. They couldn't even put a name oh to it. God, like where's, no. where's, where's Justin well, Truman? Where's like, Martin we'll Noseworthy? Yeah. Where's Luke Smith? Where's those three? Like they're the top oh, yeah. of the destiny triangle. Like mm. uh, you just don't hear anything from them. It's just like, they're the most responsible because yeah, they're no, no everyone one to put their into name on it. Yeah, no, no. one to that. Uh, well, to take a quick break, did want to shout out Jay Evans, uh, $20 super chat. Everyone except Ty Guy looks mad uncomfortable in your suit. Ivantis, let them put their nerdy gamer shirts back on. We're <laughs> <laughs> vibe. Come on. Dude, this like, is everybody's like normal having... mano. I'm the one cheating in like the tuxedo t-shirt over here because <laughs> I can't fit in my suit jacket right now. So Wait, like, e, how, long, how long has this been going? Uh, can you not just like jump straight into it? You don't have to just like, oh, we've been here. Go, I know exactly what you're asking. I know exactly what you're asking. Scarrow is ready. 
I was just going to say. If it go. naturally falls in the chat, I'll I, give it no, to no, you. No, 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 no. That's what I said. Dream Scarrow full, full contest. It does say on the on the YouTube channel that it started 45 minutes ago. So you're okay, probably well, good. Just, just you're probably I was good. Recording, say, the recording's I'm about 30 minutes. I'm so you're probably uncomfortable okay. because I feel how I look and I look fucking great. There you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that. That's good. In context, there's nothing wrong with that. I am fine with that. I just Gentlemen. wanted to clear it with the boss first. You know, I didn't want to get yeah, yeah, yeah. fired. You know, I, I appreciate the request. Uh, GK Pals with the $20 super chat as well. I'm always trying to be optimistic with Bungie. I love this community, but there's no stopping the storm coming. I will play Final Shape, but I have to see the end. But it's just that the end. And I think that's one thing. I've been seeing in the comments off and on for a little while now. It's like some people, when you talk about news or anything Destiny related, whether they haven't played in a while, they will play the final shape. They won't see anything after that. And then that's just the idea is how do you sell people on these episodes and the deluxe edition of this game when we don't even know what they're leading to? They won't say much about it. And I know they can't say a lot about it, but also it's people have been with this thing for 10 years. They're really getting kind of to the point of being bored apathetic i've seen a lot of different emotions kind of conveyed about where they are with seasons engagement has obviously been low because we literally saw them announce that and now we're at the point to where they may play the expansion this news may have lost others who would have seen the expansion are like i don't even know if i care anymore but the drop off after final shape i honestly oh. don't even want to know what those metrics are going to be like that they're thinking yeah. about Especially yeah. if the reports are true that it is quote good, not great. Good, not great. Obviously. Oh, that's right. another thing they they should have addressed in this release is about the rumors of the delay and all that stuff. Right. Because notice they stayed away from yeah. that. Or right? Yep. Confirmed, and then there was the other thing they didn't address, which is they apparently are not building their campus, their new uh, Bellevue campus. That they oh, they stopping that? They're ago. stopping it. Apparently, well, they actually yeah. have the site. In is it got a second yeah. site? There's interesting. A, uh, yeah, they were they were going to re, they were going to build a new like campus for Bungie, and I think I think the odds of that happening became low as soon as COVID happened because that was a mm -hmm. pre-COVID announcement. But didn't like, didn't they redo now... it? This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Didn't I, I they redo it? or Because I thought they I did know, like a new... Part, Go ahead. Part of the report this week was that their plans for redoing whatever they were going to do with their campuses, that, that it is apparently not happening anymore. And uh, you can actually find that out because they... Uh, this was something uh, Rebecca Valentine scooped, which is they deleted their uh, post about that from yeah. the Bungie.net blog. So there's no longer a post of them talking about their new plans to invest in Bungie right. as a, you know, all that stuff. And, and yeah. Yeah. I did notice anything about the oh, was... Amsterdam office because they, they said they were going to open one there, wasn't they? But 
I don't I don't know if that was part of it, but yeah, the I, I think that whole post where they talked about their plans for like the infrastructure of the company is gone, which yeah. like honestly that's not the biggest surprise in the world because they announced that they're uh, going fully remote and all fully that remote. stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I assumed kind of some of that stuff was going to change at least, but it definitely is. I mean, between what? that and and the stuff coming out of the studio about how their final expansion is shape, shaping up or well, it it, it it makes sense if you're going to really promote remote work. Uh, that was the thing that that seemed so confusing. Yep, it was it, conflicting. Yeah it's, yeah, it's it's like really let's champion the work from home thing. Have a nice like for me, like I would imagine like one big group common area where if you needed to get everybody together, you could. But then the main mm-hmm. offices that not only will you cut um the need for so much revenue because I mean it's West Coast, so everything on the West Coast is expensive, and in Washington Bellevue, it's got to be super expensive. Like Seattle, that whole area, I know it's super expensive. Yeah. So the more you can do to reduce reduce the amount of space that you need there, it's going to be better for you overall. So I, I, I like that. That at least shows that they're trying to be responsible with it. But it would have been smarter to do earlier. Yeah, I bet so yeah. much of that has been planned for so long, though. I mean, that was such a huge renovation. And the it feels like a long time, but the the remote work is a relatively new thing in the grand scheme of things, right? And right. especially in a major city like that, those contractors are probably booked out for years. So I'm I would not be surprised if they've had those plans in the books for a very long time, or some you know at least something resembling it. I mean, and sometimes a... I think that there's some like like I wouldn't say hubris, but maybe a little bit of ego is like we're doing so well, we want to keep those plans in place so that we keep the forward momentum. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's hubris. I think it's the fact that for better or worse, that's where the talent is. Like, especially in the games industry, it is consolidated in those areas. And some people want to work in in offices. This is something that I encounter when I talk to developers a lot is that they say, you know, ever since we went remote, I'm not, I'm making games at a much slower rate than I'd like to. And things take forever because instead of tapping somebody on the shoulder, it's a, I slack them and then we set up a zoom meeting and then it takes, you know, three days to get the thing done that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so I have a, I have a close, I have a close friend who is a former IGN writer who ah. now works as a developer and he is like fed up with remote work. And so, you know, the, the West coast specifically California has like a ton of talent in this, in this industry. So I think it does make sense to have an office, but then also offer remote options for people who want to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there are a lot of people who live in, those cities and that's where all the talent is for development so i don't think it's hubris but it definitely speaks to like a change in their culture and the most troubling part isn't that they change the plans it's that they change the plans by deleting an old blog post and not announcing it yeah that's that's new right that's new right that's a new new type of like bungee communication and if you look at where they where a lot of these layoffs happened it's not surprising right hr's first out the door always communications and pr teams are first out the door always why because you can outsource that if you have to that's what Mm -hmm. third-party pr companies exist for but like it definitely is a cultural shift to say that we're going to get rid of the people that have been sort of the olive branch to the community first and then make decisions without any sort of exactly they saw how well the uh the joe blackburn stream went and they were like oh we don't need 
that was the surprising part right the the comms right so many of comms being let go obviously we got artists we have engineers but these are our direct line for when yep. we have issues and, and, and to see award them winning direct lines by the way yes absolutely absolutely so yep. that that was painful to see and i think I think someone in the chat was like, you know, why does everyone feel so sad? Like, as far as uh, Destiny not going to survive, I guess for me, it's like, look, th we, this ain't our first rodeo. We've we've been here with delays as far as, okay, we're going to have a five to six month season. But the difference is, in my opinion, at least like I don't see, and, and maybe E and Jarv, you know, you guys, I'm curious what you guys think, you know, a situation where we can have like a 30th anniversary in time with this type of announcement. So then there's that, right? That, that, there's that attrition period where it's like- What's gonna happen is it? So, yeah, yeah, like, so So now you have, you're already in this type of year where there's so many quality games out, right? You've now got the delay, and now we have to tell the community, you, you're most likely not gonna have content made to, to, to facilitate that gap. You know, I expect drop off. I'm hoping the teams that that are, that are left can create engaging content to to extend it for a season. But the 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 period before the final shape is very concerning to me. I'm pulling for them. I hope they could do that. But can they do that with less? Can they do that under these type of time constraints? And has public sentiment waned to the point now where it's just like, yo, I'm not pre-owned. I got to wait and see. And you know what I mean, like kind of energy. So I'm just I mean, curious that... what you guys think about that. That sort of thing is going to affect Final Shape too, like with the community sentiment. I mean, because like good DLCs, they're all it's always just a vibe, right? Like it's a it's it's an experience of the community. And so now I've seen a lot more apathy than there usually is, and a lack of hope. And so like Final Shape could be the best thing ever, and I think it will it'll always be seen as less than because of just how we feel going into it. Yeah. Um. I, yeah. I don't. I I think it's very hard to. You hope it's not the best thing ever, or you hope? No, that... I, I hope. I hope it's not true that people don't think that way. Like speaking as a reviewer, my goal is always to separate the noise from if is this game good, right? We're taken on its right. own. You get rid of all of the other. How big was the team, and how big was their budget, and whatever is the game good? And I, I would hope that a lot of people think that way because because you for, have to keep in mind for we're, regular we're, games, we're, we're, yeah. We're, but we're live service games are all about community. It's a it's a constant yeah, feedback loop between the that's, entire community. That's true, but I I don't know what percentage of the community is reading the twib. Yeah, you know that's fair. I mean? and I, yeah, and I I don't know I don't know what like the layoffs might not exist to anybody who doesn't have a Twitter account, which if I had to guess is probably like a lot of the Destiny community. It's yeah, just yeah. Like not plugged into that world doesn't care about it. They just want to know where their content is. So I would hope that they could overcome it. I don't have a ton of confidence that they will just based on the shape of the studio and where their priorities are and all the other, I think, I think they've just made a series of like unwise decisions, but like that's, that's the one kernel of optimism I have is that like destiny has always succeeded when it that is where fulfilled it its potential. And it just, it just, it did, it released something that, that resonated. And, you know, it wasn't even that you don't even have to go that far back to see when Bungie did it last. They did it during the Witch Queen. And nice. keep in mind, during the Witch Queen, they already had a lot of their leadership working on Marathon. They already had, you know, a lot of these changes with remote work. And so it's not impossible. Like, I, I just want to put that out there that, like, of course. there's, there mm -hmm. is hope for Destiny in the future. I do think that they have really, 
made that a lot less likely with the moves that they made this week and the moves that they made in the past year. And the releasing Lightfall was a mistake. I mean, that just that took more yes. moment. If they would if they had released nothing and just kept yeah. kind of the mystique around what the final shape was going to be, I feel like that would have been better. But uh, yeah, it, it's just such a bummer to see it go down this way it really is, is this is a buddy of mine he he always said this is that bungie always it, it's like when my, michael salvatore said is that when things were not going well instead of like scattering they reloaded i think the main concern now is can they reload because they don't have necessarily all the folks around who could who could do those things and yeah. bungie always does better after there's like a negative space, like yep. the next thing that comes out is a banger. Like Forsaken nice. was a banger. Taken King was a banger. Witch Queen was a banger. And that's usually those always seem to release in the moments afterwards. And just following up with Travis, I, I the, the big concern is if you lose your workforce or the people who are doing those things, can you reload? It's harder to see that. And yep. I think that that's maybe what the sentiment of the community is, is we're wondering, will you be able to deliver on the things that you say you have done, like that you're going to do and that you have done in the past? And if you can, we're there for you. But there's just people don't don't you know, don't trust. It's that same thing as we don't trust them to do it right, right now. Right. There's also just this question of, I know I hate, I you guys, I swear I'm not anti-Sony. I'm a big PlayStation player. But the... <laughs> The, con the conversation around like are Sony and Bungie's interests even aligned right now? Because Sony's main benefit from the acquisition was the brain trust they get from Bungie about live service games, because we all know that that's their ambition, right? They want to make live service games. And so now seeing Bungie kind of in this place where there's a lot of uncertainty about the final shape and the future of Destiny, mm -hmm. what, which do you th see is more likely? But Sony saying, here's all the resources and manpower you need to make this expansion good and more time, or actually what we want to do is, is scrap you guys for parts and take the the leaders at your company and give them better jobs, higher paying jobs, better titles on other projects to come work on live service elsewhere. And <clears throat> the only reason I say that the latter seems more likely is because if they continue to work on Destiny at Bungie, that's not a Sony exclusive game by yeah. virtue of the contract. Yeah. Right. If they get them to come in house on another project, all that's out the window. And we know that they put aside a billion dollars for employee retention. And just mm -hmm. to be clear, that was not retention at Bungie. That's a retention at Sony, any of their Sony offices. And so I think there's just like a misalignment of like interests when it mm -hmm. comes to Destiny. Like Sony almost benefits more if Bun if Sony become if Bun uh Destiny and Bungie becomes like a cool little side project, double A studio, and all of their real talent moves on to projects to work on triple A stuff in house on projects that Sony can completely own without any of the weird, you know. Like in their okay, corporate report, it. like if you Go in ahead, their corporate Travis. report, like you they got like a table and it shows like live service games. It's got a section dedicated to it, and Bungie's literally scattered across the entire piece. But like by 2025, like six percent of Sony's investment is going into live games like yeah like bungie's I... like a huge part of sony entertainment's future like for those people yep. that think live games are dying mm -hmm. sony no. definitely don't think so opposite. yeah <laughs> exactly opposite. yeah well, they're, that's they're, what i'm really interested in 10 days uh, 10 or 10 games in five years was their original plan or that, was, that was, was gonna i was gonna um, ask you guys do you think yeah. with the change in leadership with jim ryan with the just the feeling of some live service games watching Diablo and other stuff. And we've talked about the amount of teams it takes just to get a live service game going. 
do you think some of the shine of live service now being as watching some of this stuff, you had hyenas, which is one of Sega's biggest things. That one went away and we've had other live things not do that well. Do you think Sony might be pivoting away from that? And this might be a tiny piece of that. I mean, you also say the other question I guess I have is when you say that Sony wants to pick apart some of the talent of Bungie, wouldn't you want to keep someone like Michael Salvatore and Michael uh, Shrist, is that his name? I'm probably getting it wrong. Within the umbrella, Seacrest, yeah. Within the yeah. umbrella somewhere. I mean, you've got the artists. Another one was like a 13 year artist at Bungie who was like from Halo days and previous. I forget. Uh, yeah, I, was oh, like, yeah. I forget yeah, the name. Logo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just like, I mean, you've got insane talent. And if you're looking into live service, why do you get rid of community experts who've been involved in this community between Bianchi, Griffin, Liana, Sam, and anybody behind the scenes that I may not know by name? All of those people who have some of the best community experience because it is a day-by-day -day thing. How do you yeah. have that plan? And then those are the people you let go, which makes me think some of the spaghetti they threw at the wall, we know that Condor, Fair Games, those things may exist, but there may be seven others that may have thought about it. And then we've heard factions got shelved. And I'm honestly wondering if that live service bubble is kind of bursting for them and maybe they may be turning away from that. That's just a wonder. I don't yeah. know, but it's also, I, so why do you I, lose I, some of these people that feel like they would be crucial to that? Yeah. So a few, I, thing, a few things there. One, I, I don't think the live service bubble's bursting because a lot of these games that are quote failures are like wildly successful and make a ton of money and then they die off and people say it was a failure, even though they were profitable. Right. And those people move on to other games and maybe those game servers get taken offline eventually. But I don't, I don't think a lot of those like, <laughs> Knockout City is one that I go to a lot because that game came out of nowhere. It had like 13 seasons and then it disappeared. But like those seasons were made by 30 people and it was like really profitable for that studio, Velen Studios. So I, I don't know about that, but I do think that there are two separate issues. E. So I think on one hand, like Sony's long term plan is to like use Bungie to build out live service studios and become successful with these online games. And then on the other hand, there's the oh, but we also have to satisfy the the trend of layoffs being a great way to like hack it being more profitable. So I don't even know that they're related. I think they're just mismatched strategies where the right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing. And maybe Sony thinks of it like, well, I've got eight Michael Salvatore's, right? My games routinely win game of the year over at PlayStation and I have a whole bunch of composers. So do I need another one, right? That to work on my live service games or same thing with art. Um, one of the things that is most like, offensive to me about this is the notion that you're going to get acquired and there's not going to be any layoffs i don't think i don't believe that's ever happened in the there's history there's always going to be redundant yeah because there's always redundancies and, right yeah. there's always like oh you have an hr team you have an accounting team we have those two we don't need twice as many there's always going to be like those so it just felt weird to me from even from the the get-go when they said like this isn't going to change anything this isn't going to change our team like i feel like that was destined to fail yeah Scarrow, a you, gonna, oh, i'm sorry i got you off and then we'll, okay, we got to get scarrow because we keep cutting the wolf out sorry buddy <laughs> yeah. uh, i was gonna say like there's like a massive part like during covid like a lot of these companies probably bloated quite a lot because like you touched upon earlier like their efficiency to be able to produce what they wanted to was just elongated it just took so much longer so they needed more people but now the world's kind of going back to a place that we considered normal. Like, I know they spent loads of money on the studio, but they are remote first. So it's like, that's probably that, that that's for me is some of the reasoning, but what I don't agree with is how it's even 
how they've just conducted themselves for a company that's always prided themselves on putting them people first. They've mm-hmm. literally put them like they couldn't put them any further at the back of the queue. Like it's insane. Yeah. How they talk about respect in their latest like post, but they can show any less respect to the people yeah. they let go. I just don't know the what the other thing that is mentioned is like it's terrible for the hundred approximately that lost their jobs for all of them. They have very short window going to the holidays without a job. Yeah, they I think have some well, benefits with Cobra and everything such a else. Hard time. Yeah, I was like, and then hiring freezes or something that's going on right now, and everything else from mm-hmm. my other friends in that type of setting. It's like you're not going to find one, and then you're jumping into a new year. And right now, tech layoffs are everywhere. So it's like, okay, you and a thousand other people apply for every single job. It's in a horrible place. The other thing, though, is just the status of what's going on in the company still at Bungie of the people who remain. They've got survivor's guilt because they're still there and their friends are gone. I talked to a couple of people that I know. They said one of the worst ones is I went to go message somebody and said unknown unknown yeah, person. Just that's the thing. they're yeah. gone. So yeah. you've got these people that are saying we're still here, but they're also in a terrible <laughs> mind space because of what the entire company just went through. Nobody wanted to put their name on the article today, and I'm honestly surprised we got one. I'm glad they didn't like make somebody like Cosmo. Hey, Cosmo, I know you're still one of the few community people. We need to write a, twi- <laughs> oh, a twid today, and he'd probably be like, you can kiss my hindquarters kind of thing to say. It's like, you just kicked my whole team out of here. It's like, what? how is this going to go? So part of the fact is the people that are left over now, for one, as you, you guys said it earlier, the Pete Parsons line of we kept the right people. And you look at the people you just lost. If like all the people that you lost are gone, that's they didn't I don't, lose them. They let them. They, they intentionally if they fired them. Yes, they. Yeah, they laid them off per se, but didn't fire them. But either way, it's the fact that you had a friend that was working with you or somebody, you'd, you know, bounce an idea off, whatever it is. And that whole. That whole just like window of somebody that you might have a meeting with is now gone. Friends are gone out of there. And all of that feeling within the company. And now they're going to like, hey, we have to buckle down even harder. It's probably going to be one of those times where it's never a point where, hey, somebody's gone. You're going to get less work. People are going to have the same job, same title, same salary and have to do more work, which is never a great thing for all the people in there. And it's just I don't I don't the morale in there right now. It's bad out here. But the morale yeah. in the company has just got to be awful so, right yeah, now to everybody in every department. Got nothing done this week, right? Like, no, like, absolutely nothing got done this week. That's, I mean, you look some here, and this is one of those where it's like before you ask, um, this is, I won't mention it by name just to be sake. It's on Twitter, but you can find it. But it's like before you ask, there are plenty of things I'd like to say, but nothing I say will make a terrible situation any better. And I've seen multiple people who are still at the studio say that they don't want to say anything right now because there's not anything yeah. that's going to come out great. Uh, if you work in the industry and are hiring, please reach out to those affected. And somebody's like, I who replied was like, I know everyone likes to make the we're listening memes, but it's clear that you guys were listening to us all along. It's the decision makers who decided that we're not worth listening. And somebody and the person replied, I really wish the community realized how much the community team advocates for them. And we just mm-hmm. lost most of that team. One of their primary functions was to monitor the community feedback and uh, collate and aggregate it into something actionable for the team. When they say we're listening, they are not joking. And now we're like, who's going to be listening? That's one of the things I think that hurt a lot of us as players is because we now feel like it's just truly going to fall on deaf ears because we know how many people we just lost. 
Yeah. Scott, why don't you get in there? I know you had a couple thoughts. Earlier. All right. 12 conversations ago. I have two things. <laughs> Let's uh, go. Let's go. Oh, I know. We've been uh, bouncing so, around on so many topics. No, no, I can't no, say this is going to be an organized here. podcast. So, the, so the everybody. first thing, uh, and this comes from ex- my personal experience. So like everyone asking why Salvatore got laid off and all these that these legacy people, it is almost certainly because their salaries are exactly. financial, baby. That's three or four other people, and so mm-hmm. it, the difficult decision is: do you get rid of you know a legacy member and save four other members, and then you just you know you go to Fiverr and you ask someone to write a, a theme song for the next expansion? You can do that way cheaper, and it's like I'm not defending that. I think that's yeah. an awful move, especially someone who is very clearly close to retirement. I don't know if Bungie ever did pensions or anything like that, but he's 70 years old. He's not, he wasn't planning on sticking around for much longer for sure. And I just hope he didn't get screwed out of any social security or, or pension benefits or anything like that. Shares. Yeah. Or share. Yeah. That, uh, cause that'd be disgusting, but that is the business. He would have been one of the people making money when they sold to Sony. So I'm sure Mm -hmm. that was probably his payout. So, yeah. Um, okay. So that was the first one. Second off. And, uh, I would, Part of my question was going to ask uh, Travis if he had heard any of this, but the other day I was talking about the same games as a service, live service stuff with Sony, and Chad actually sent me, I think it was three different articles that were all published in October, talking about insider reports that Sony was stepping away from games as a service, uh, specifically from Na- in Naughty Dog and Sony Game, like their independent studio as well. And um, I mean, like literally two weeks ago type of reports. And yep. uh, and that was part of like the overall like cost cutting stuff that is thought to have rolled into this. And uh, a lot of the speculation was that they were really worried about that because the Microsoft acquisition went through. So now Microsoft owns like all of these studios that in some shape or form already have ongoing live service games. And uh, they're just they were just worried they couldn't compete. So I didn't know if Travis had heard any kind of more yeah. insider indus- industry industry stuff but yeah my understanding is that they made uh their for whatever reason i don't know if this is a jim ryan thing or whatever but they were like oh yeah every studio should have some sort of like online component and that that basically bungie after looking at the naughty dog uh, project were like maybe this isn't their strength maybe you shouldn't have every studio try to work on this it really is a specific type of game so i think it was one of those things where they had ambitions and part of that was acquiring bungie and then when they acquired bungie and talked to bungie bungie was like actually that's not really how you want to do this and so i think they reeled back their plans a lot they're asking let's not do you know naughty dog should be making single player story games period right like that's what they are good at and that's more importantly what their team wants to build right and so they should work on that but they still have sony would be dumb to be looking around and not think like how do we become the next Fortnite, right yeah create like they they just they they need something like that and the fact that they don't really have any online games except destiny which is a game that they can't make exclusive because of the way the acquisition went through um i i just i i think that they are pulling back and i think jim ryan's departure might have been related to like an an overconfident he sort of overbet on it maybe mm-hmm. but i think it, i think it absolutely is going to be a huge part of their portfolio going forward and it it's clear that not all those projects have canceled uh the, a lot of them are still working and the vast majority of them we have not seen at all yeah and one of them one of them by the way is marathon so yeah. right I mean, that, yeah so guys do you think that that's part of the pressure is the business pressure of we need to be the next Fortnite? because i feel like so many of the models that bungie took away and started to do with their monetization is part of that, like offering $20 skins 
And I feel like that's what a lot of the market was leaning into. What do you guys think of that? Is Do you think that that's part of it? Travis, have you heard anything with the, the whole live service thing? Because I've seen more live services fail that aren't Destiny. I feel like Destiny is like the one live service that was mostly done well. What do you guys think? Yeah. I think I Fortnite think and Apex easily fall into that too. Yeah. I think every every company is like Close trying to say that. like look this is such an easy money maker like let, let's we need to we need to at least make bets there but there's this weird dynamic happening where in order to be a successful live service game you have to sink enormous money into it and if that game doesn't hit then you're screwed and you're going to lose three teams right because like mm-hmm. Diablo Diablo 4 is a great example because they knew Diablo 4 was going to be successful. There was no risk really in the game completely failing. And so they said, well, we're going to hire live service teams that work on the first, second and third season before the game is even out. And we're going to like fully invest in that. And in a way, that's the only way to be successful. Because if you do the alternative and you just make a great game with no live service behind it, then it loses steam in that first year and it, it risks dying, even though you could have had a hit on your hands. We call those the Halo Infinites, right? Like yep. the game comes out, it's great. And then they have absolutely no plan to support it and they suffer for a year. And so there's like this weird thing where the only people who can really reliably make live service bets like that are the big ones. And I think they're right. realizing right. that. And all of them are trying to make those bets because you can only have so many like knockout cities, which again was a success, even though it it fell apart at, uh, after 12 seasons or whatever. It made money for that studio and that studio is going to go off to make you know other games and mm-hmm. stuff like that so i think the problem is like our idea of what makes a successful game in live service is very wrong I, I would say because like you wouldn't say god of war ragnarok is a failure because people aren't playing it now you know what yeah. i mean but you would say that if it was a live service game that came out the same day as ragnarok and so the question really is like how long does a game have to be crushing it in the live service space for us to say okay that was a success and it's not the biggest thing in the world if it goes away now because like destiny if it stopped after final shape would people go oh it failed you know what i mean like no mm. it was it was a dominant game for 10 years and it, it just at some point ended and so i think the industry is still searching for like a what does sunsetting a live service game look like and how do you make it how do you quantify it not being a failure and i think the way consumers look at that is if the game ever stops being a thing if it's not Fortnite, it's going to run for 50 years it's a failure and that's just not true i I don't think that that's that's a fair way to judge live service games yeah that's something that i i thought that was interesting talking about the playstation component because for me playstation has always been that single player driven environment right guys and so (laughs) like That, like to me it's it, it seemed like this weird disconnect like god of war like both of them were just bangers uh a Sekiro, like there, there's a, just a ton of single player games so it seemed weird weird for me for a strategy if you're looking for more revenue to to hop into like a completely different ecosystem of right. hey we're going to do live services that's why i asked the question no. like do you, do you I, think, I think you're chasing no, something I, I think i think what it is is that even though you know during jim ryan's tenure one of the things he always stressed was that we have these great games, these these cinematic experiences. I call them the hashtag just once. You know what I mean? The AAA, high narrative, high fidelity production value. But he doesn't new feel IP. exactly new IP. With, <laughs> exactly, there you go. You know the vibe. You know the vibes. So it's like he just doesn't feel the revenue is justified. If you look at when they had um, Activision that deal, that majority of their revenue was coming from that. So they're looking. Happy all happy birthday. 
Happy birthday, birthday to John. Happy birthday, birthday to, John. to John. Hey, that's, a, that's a trademark. <laughs> copyright infringement. Somebody call it. I didn't sing that on key. There's no way that's copyright infringement. Are you kidding me? Artists on to sing. <laughs> Everybody job. But yeah, I, I just think they look at, you know, the Fortnite. They look at the Call of Duties. They look at how much revenue can be achieved. And if, if you re- look at the recent pivot, a lot of it has been a lot of like remastering of like, for example, last of us and things like that, trying to get blood from that stone, so to speak, because they want to make more revenue from these games. They feel these games are blockbusters should be bigger yeah. than what they are. So the, I don't think the pivot to live service is incorrect, but I do agree with you, man, in the sense that the studios and the talent that they have necessarily is not really equipped for that yeah. per se and I, so, I don't i don't think it's a pivot either i think that what they're trying to do is they're saying look the thing that we're good at and nintendo's great at it too is they have a bunch of valuable first party ips and they win awards and that's right. what you need that like that's something right. microsoft Critical doesn't acclaim. have yeah. microsoft right. has lots of like great online games that i'm sure make a ton of money but they don't have critical acclaim right they're, they're gonna ch- you see them chasing that right right and then sony's the exact opposite where they've got the critical acclaim but their games cost hundreds of millions of dollars to make and you only right. need two to fail in a row before you are in danger in trouble company, and right? the economics so, of the way those games work it yeah. doesn't work long term you, you, ha- you yeah. have to you have to make enormous bets for a a 70 one-time payment that if people don't buy your game if that happens two three times in a row you legitimately are looking at trouble in your Facts. company. And so no they're, 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 yeah. they're charmed by the fact that they have really not had any huge misses in the right. first party realm. But the second that happens, you start to look at that model and go, Oh, sh-, you know, like what the, what's the issue here. But if you try 10 life service games and one of them is successful long term, yeah. that's all you need. It's your cash yep. cow. Yep. And then you've got, then you have an answer for, if you're an online player, if you're the type of guy who likes to log in every week, here's your answer for you. And I think that them buying Bungie was such a smart idea because now it's it's like they already have that, right? They've got the online game that is super popular and makes a ton of money and it doesn't require Maybe. a ton to maintain. You're not putting hundreds of millions. Enough. I still think it makes money. If it doesn't make, four, if it's 45% of your revenue goal short, then you set your goal too high, right? But well, I, I, I do agree it's too high. Oh, sure. 100%. I, I bet yeah. you it was think, profitable. Yeah, I was like, no I also think this year has a combination of a lot of factors whether it's like if anybody's ever, who's ever been around or seen the world of sales quotas are always set too damn high every time it's always about growth exponential too damn high that's how literal expectations for sales always is going to be so you always and have to guess too high usually your projections are higher the year you get acquired because you are trying to puffer fish a little bit to the companies that are acquiring you and, and i was like, wondering hey, how what much they inflated those numbers Next year, we're going to make this much money. And then when you don't make it, you go, ah, bummer. Too bad you paid that extra high price for us, huh, Sony? Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. I I, I do want to comment real quick. And I I let the birthday boy answer this way, what he thinks about it. Um, In reference to, like, we talk about the future, right? And we talk about, you know, obviously Final Shape. But I I do want to talk about Marathon in the sense of, you know, there's a part of me that, that this is a big bet that they're taking, right? In the sense of an extraction shooter, right? You know, in 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 this day and age of, of live service, and the thought process of if Destiny is the money maker, right, and that's what that's your foundation of revenue, so to speak, but you've kind of neglected it in a sense, and then you've given all the attention now to this new thing, which we don't. Not saying it's going to be fair. We we generally know whatever Bungie puts their minds to generally feels good, shoots good, plays good, but we have to see if it's going to have that stickiness, right? We're going to see, have to see if it has that same type of engagement that, that Destiny has. So I was curious, Jarv, like, how do you feel 
with the marathon bet and long term with destiny in general? Like, how do they maneuver this based on the situation we know at hand now? I think we already know probably had a bit too much about marathon because people can't hold themselves to an NDA, but that's a different conversation. But um, I think it, it makes sense for them not to have a game to compete with their own, uh, you know, their own baby at the end of the day. So like to have Tarkov people play your game and trying to aim for a different part of the PvP community versus the one that you've already got uh, is absolutely the right thing to do because it's not because you naturally will get people from Destiny naturally try Marathon out anyway, right? All the PvP element of Destiny will do that, but you need to build on you need to build on top of what you already have rather than compete against yourself, kind of thing. Um, I do think that if they have delayed the final shape and they've therefore delayed Marathon, that there's you know, 650 people working on Destiny is actually more than I thought was working Ooh. on Destiny. Have they pulled some back from the Marathon project? Because if Destiny doesn't, Destiny needs to move forward from here, right? Because Destiny's their only moneymaker at this moment in time. Marathon doesn't make them money. It will right. do eventually, but right. they need to make sure they don't compete against each other. But Correct. That's kind of where I am with it, really. I feel like we know too much, which it we shouldn't goes, do. It yeah. also goes to what Travis was saying, is what happens when a live service model game ends or unravels or gets to the point where it's like we're not really developing more content for it? Are we leaning directly into Marathon? I think that's something we have not really seen no. in gaming. I mean, maybe, Travis, maybe you know a better example than I do, but that's the question is like how do, we had so much goodwill from Halo to Destiny. Like we were just like Halo series, Bungie, Bungie's great. And then when they jumped to Destiny 1, even though there were some mixed reviews, we stayed with them because of Halo, right? Like not just because of Halo, but because the shooting felt good. Just what um, just what uh, everybody said and uh, Lord Cognito said, you know, just, you know, Destiny has always felt good to play, yeah, to shoot regardless of the gear or the other activities it they that it is the banger of all bangers when it comes to how that feels right. the real question is how do they jump if they've lost some of that community sentiment to marathon especially given what cross said was that tarkov folks were not digging it i i don't mm, know because yeah. i've never played tarkov i don't before. i don't think that's a i think the whole tarkov thing's a whole nothing burger how many PUBG? yeah how many fortnite players do you know that like PUBG? you know right, that's a good like, point Point. it's tarkov is super hyper real, realistic that's not mm -hmm. how bungie does games they're much better at wider appeal wider accessibility type of stuff even if it's an extraction shooter i think it'll be closer to like call of duty dmz type okay. of stuff where it's not as harsh uh mm -hmm. but even like even more bungie-ish high-tech mm -hmm. family friendly type it, of stuff it surprises me that they didn't bring destiny folks in too that's that doesn't surprise that me at all. You don't you think that, so? Okay. Those okay. Well, a Destiny people suck at NDAs, like <laughs> real bad. <laughs> and, and two, yeah, you, oh you, man, that's been fun you, this week to watch. You you bring one PVP person in, and they don't like how Marathon sh feels. They're breaking that's the NDA, point. and yeah, they're spreading facts. the. They killed yeah. Destiny PVP for this. That's a good point. You're right. They go go crazy. Yeah. Destiny PvP content creators are the saltiest people, for good reason, on the planet. You keep them as far away from that game as yeah. possible for as I long agree. as you can. Well, also, you've got, the, agrees. Well, also you've got the idea is like if they are trying to grow their business, they don't want to just cannibalize one game just to bring people to another game. So they do want that, to try and get into 
somewhat separate genres. Of, I mean, PvP is something they haven't focused on much in a while, and we know that. Right. But if they right. are trying to get into something like an extraction shooter, very different art style, whether it is vibrant colors or whatever it may be, it's probably not like whatever the gummy bear rumor is, but yeah, it is going to be a different audience. And that's why at least the yeah. rumor that I heard when Marathon had its promotions and the <laughs> marketing, which shout out to the guy who no longer has a job as well for the, for uh, oh, marathon okay. marketing, he the lost marathon his marketing too. Go. Yeah. and he was wow. just like, and, and people and, uh, were like really sad about that. And they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> no, like, and, and thank you for, know. thank you for uh, my most popular video in the last two years, person who made the ARG. I'm really yes, appreciate yes. it. Absolutely. Yeah. No kidding, man. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. I think that's gonna be that whole I just like to ask that. those questions because yeah. I think that's a lot of things like that go behind game development that content creators and I think the greater community don't see and like mm -hmm. putting that math together of like who are you gonna bring in who are you trying to market this to because this was something I was discussing with my chat there's a lot of comparisons that can be made between the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Disney and Bungie like there's a lot of like we, we had those great moments of like Infinity War slash Taken King forsaken we had those big moments and now it seemed like things are starting to peter out and the question is how do we get out of this who are you making these things for who's going to invest the time in it so if you're trying to get the tarkov shooter folks coming in i'm just interested because again i've never played that that's not a game i played i do mostly apex uh, call of duty destiny um we boy i would love to have what was the game before um apex i can't remember it titanfall titanfall I would like oh, like i would just love to have a titanfall 3 that's what i played before destiny but it's just trying to think of like what niche are they trying to fill with that because destiny destiny pvp feels great but i think you've got a good point scarrow is that it could get worse you know, I, if I, you bring those people in but yeah. I, I don't have that experience so i'm just no, like I think... to ask questions I really think they're trying to capture, well, A, the PvP thing, but it seems like they're leaning way, way into secrets and mysteries and stuff. And that is a part of the gaming industry. We see it with, like, even Alan Wake, like, that sort of cerebral... It's obviously oh, different, but, mm. but it's like, I, know, I think... I know. People are, We're not are here really to talk about it, hungry. I know. Sorry. <laughs> People are really hungry for the, the secret, mis mysterious type of stuff, and it's something that hasn't been filled in the gaming industry since like Charak zombies died with Black Ops 4, you know? So I think, uh, and I directly asked Christopher Barrett that I was like, is oh. this trying to do that? And he was like, yes. So okay. there you go. Yeah. That's a niche. Yeah. It's trying to fill. And to be fair in destiny, it feels like all the secrets that we've been having have been data mined. Like that's been yeah, the yeah, big yeah. problem is like all these cool things that we're like, Oh yeah, it's in the store. The first week we know, just look into everything. It's data mined. And so it's like, ugh. Because that was one of the things that drove us in the or opening days of Destiny 2 and Destiny 1 is like those cool secrets. What's around the corner? Well, like explore, explore all these different spaces. And now yeah. it just it just doesn't have that magic anymore because of that. But if they're going to do those things with Marathon, yeah, that could be that could be way different. The person who did Niob Labs in quarters of time also left. Those were mostly single oh, wow. person endeavors. So yeah, those were uh, they I mean, they were like there were teams, obviously, working on different aspects of it. But the, the mastermind behind it was a single person. And yeah. uh, my understanding is they haven't been at the company for a while. Yeah, so. I, I got a question in reference to now the way things shift, right? Obviously, the delay. And then remember, after Final Shape, we're supposed to have the episodes, right? That That's how this thing is supposed to continue. So I'm just curious, like, how do you think this affects the, the, the roadmap post Final Shape as well? And again, the number one question, how do you handle and navigate a seven-month season? Like, well, how do you keep attention? The way right now, 
it sounds is first off, I think it's just going to be quiet. I don't think this is something that they can pivot and pull content out of their butts because that takes six months or so, maybe longer, to build content that they usually have a plan for. The 30th anniversary is something that had to be planned a little bit in advance between the dungeon and Dares of Eternity, and you had the weapons that were involved. All of those teams take time to put that stuff together, and we're getting ready to see this new season coming up in like three weeks. Can they make a set of you know content pieces that would satisfy that drought in three months? Maybe, but I highly doubt it because the whole point is if Final Shape is good, not great, and that's the rumor internally, and they need Final Shape to be an absolute like one of Travis's best reviewed expansions. Like if it's not at the level of eight or nine, if it's a seven, if it's a six or the final shape, the end of your 10 year saga, you can't Ooh. do that. So this yeah. has to be something mm -hmm. that if people log in and they say, damn, final shape was good. All right. I'm, I might check out that, that episode in a couple of weeks, but if, if it's even remotely mid, if it's like, okay, this happened, yeah, this is here, okay, there's still a bunch of... If it just has the same feeling, if it's anywhere flirting with Lightfall, obviously, that's real trouble. Witch Queen was really good. Yes, it was. But there were still oh, things yeah. about Witch Queen that were missing. Forsaken was on another level because of the amount of help they had. Vicarious Visions, High Moon Studio, they had the Activision backup, and we had another destination that was a surprise, and then a raid, and then we got our first dungeon. They were just pulling surprise after surprise after surprise because they had the support. Right. So if you have an extra four months, there's no way you want to try and have a weak expansion be your last expansion, mm -hmm. potentially, because as when we've talked about it before, what is the episodes going to look like? Whatever they may be working on, whether it's a D3, whether it's a big refresh, whatever it is, when it comes to those episodes, we could have three, four, five, six before we might see something big. And the and you can't have your last expansion in the past two years have been meh because those expansions yeah. are not going to have the player base that's going to support it. I mean, you can look right now on the Steam charts and it's not doing too great, obviously, for. Yeah, but I would even. Bad, bad expansions are going to make more money than episodes any day of the week, though. Right. You know? Because expansions people at least hop into. The comparison yeah. that I've used on stream with my chat and my community is it can't end like Game of Thrones. Yeah, like it's the original good point. Game of good Thrones. Point. Yes, because, yeah, you know, again, the storytelling for Destiny... So they got to pull it in-game, not a Game of Thrones? It's it's never mm -hmm. had a good story. It's like the, the Forsaken story, the Taken King stories were good. They were and solid. The opening, yes, Destiny 1 was a mess. And Destiny 2's vanilla after you do the initial campaign was a mess. But Which it can't fire. end with, oh, I guess we forgot about the Iron Fleet. It can't be, it can't be that moment of because it it's such a long thing and people are invested in the end. And if yeah, the end just crashes, that's the that's the concern that I have is if you don't land the plane, people like like people are not going to hop into marathon. Like the people yeah. who came from Destiny, they're like, okay, cool, I'm out. See ya. But if they land the plane and it's a big plane to land, and if that's what you're going to do and that's going to be your last major thing, you've got your episodes too. But that's also the question is what's going to happen in Destiny afterwards? That's the real question is it can't end like this. Yeah, so how do they go well, from doing they this? Yeah. Like that. They hopefully. Like well, they hopefully can. Hopefully not. Like this. They <laughs> can. <laughs> not like possibility. This. But if they not do, like that, that it will be a bad consequence. That is a so better, more concise way to say it. 
I will say this. I think Bungie learned an important lesson with Lightfall, and I feel like they should have learned this a long time ago with, you know, a million different expansions that didn't land. But I think what their takeaway was that the the annual model has never worked for them. They complained about it under Activision, and then they self-imposed it uh, when they were independent because they needed money. And I feel like they are finally in a situation under Sony where maybe there's less pressure. And I think that that's what episodes are about. I think episodes okay. are about let's make less content, but let's make it more high quality and mm-hmm. let's be willing to not announce. I think that's why we don't know what the next major expansion is, because I do not think it's going to be annual. I think it's going to be 18 months minimum, two years more likely. I think they're going to take twice as long to make expansions. That would be good, though, don't out. you think? I think so, too, because there is a little bit of like we need a reset, even, even if a season is is good ish. The fact that I just got done playing Destiny three months ago and I'm already kind of sick of the whole like ritual of, you know, going and doing uh, strikes and stuff that that grates over time. It's kind of like, you know, <clears> we're being inundated with so many MCU TV shows on Disney Plus that it's, you know, who, who even has time for all of these anymore. Mm. And so I, I, I yep. think Bungie. I, I, I'm hopeful that they learn that lesson and that they are going to step one, delay uh, the final shape and not release until it's to a quality that they understand. And then going forward, they use longer episodes as a replacement for seasons to make less destiny content, but make it hit harder. And I do think yeah. that that's their yeah. vision. I think that that's why they haven't announced what's coming after. And I kind of view that as, you know, let's be a little optimistic here, but I, I kind of view that as a good thing because I don't think that destiny should be annualized because the results are very clear, which is that you get one year where it sucks. And then the next year, the expansion that they actually were working on for two years hits. And if that sure skip, skip the one year, that's what I say. Skip the bad one. I don't, I don't need the shadow keeps. I don't <laughs> need the light falls. Like just skip yeah. a year and, and make an expansion. That's, that's good. When we play it. Yeah. I think with the, um, yeah, with expansions, they goes without saying they, they are revenue generators. What, what blows my mind. And I tweeted this a bit before the show is that when you just don't market their seasons at all, do they? It's just the like, trailer four hours to. before, good to go. Exactly, right? Season well, the, nine. The last season two four. have had a week, luckily. But oh. the yeah. hype, <laughs> like, hype is like, they can just generate hype and then the season promotes itself. It's like, and I just hope with the episodes that, that they can kind of, I don't know if it's because they were under Activision and Activision just kind of nail when it comes to marketing things. But like, they need. I want to see that kind of. Thing. I want to feel excited going into a season. I know you want to secrets and mysteries, but we've not had any real like live events or community secrets yeah. since those seasons. You right? know, it goes. But back... those are things that bring communities together, though, right? Community puzzles and all those kind of things. Corridors of time, perfect example. But when was the, that was the last one we had? Really, we those bring everyone together. Everything. I still remember. I still go back to the E3 Taken King trailer, if you watch that, that thing just hits. And I'm like, mm. why don't they do that anymore? No, exactly. That was Activision, by the way. I can tell you this. Like, oh, as, a, as, as, a, as a member of the press, <laughs> dude, Activision was next level. And it, it's so, they were so good at it, it, you almost feel like you're being manipulated when you're a <laughs> member of the press corps. Because like, Destiny 2 is a great example. They're like, all right, Travis, Destiny 2 is coming out. 
And guess what? You're going to come up to Bellevue. You're going to stay with us in a hotel for a week. We're going to pay for all your meals. And you're just going to be in a room of Destiny content creator. Luke Smith is going to be over your shoulder watching you play Destiny 2 campaign for the main time. For the first time, you're going to play the entire expansion. And then you're going to get to interview all the devs. And then we'll send you home to write your review. And this was like two weeks before the the Destiny 2 came out, right? And they used to do that for every expansion, even for seasons and yeah, like the season, PC yeah. release and stuff like that. They'd be like, come on down to <laughs> Bungie HQ. We're going to have you, you know, play, play your game in our office. And as soon as they went indie, that went away. And now they're yeah. just like, here's a, here's a code for the game. Here's a code for the game. You get, you get a free copy, but you play at the same time as everyone else when the game's already out. And, you know, best of luck to you. And I get it because it's like they don't have the, the Activision dollars that they did. But like it was night and day, dude. Like, yeah, I'm not even a guy a who really likes Activision press. as a company, but like as a member of the press. Ooh, man, does it feel good to be. <laughs> it might not have been 45 percent short if uh, the market <laughs> yeah. is the same. Well, that always just drove me nuts because I'm like, dude, the one the, they always nail music. They always nailed the feeling of the game. They? they always nailed the art direction. And the other thing that they always nailed, hype trailers. Oh, marketing they trailers? always used to. Oh, oh my. They, they're still the best. Like, I go back. Absolutely. I Like I've said, I go back to that Taking King trailer. Like, that music. And, like, when I was starting to do content creation, that's one of the things I'm like, dude, this is so hot. Let's go. And now yeah, it's just kind of like, hey, one day before, here's a trailer. Yeah, like the day before, no hype cycle. Yeah, it's much shorter. Well, the trailers it's now usually, just show off. They just it's show off cosmetics and Eververse, yeah, don't they? They yeah, don't really show yeah. the season that much. So. And even the trailer that comes out the day before, it's usually like PlayStation accidentally leaking it. Like it's <laughs> usually the trailers <laughs> yeah. aren't supposed to go out until day of. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think a lot, of, a lot of that is just a lack of things to show because that's something yeah. that I've noticed is like as their pipeline has gone down, when you don't have like kernels, breadcrumbs to to leave for the community leading up to release, then it makes it really hard to like create a hype pipeline. And like, I, we saw this with Lightfall. Like we heard the press heard nothing from Lightfall. And then like a week before the expansion came out, they showed us like the first two missions and all of us left there going, this expansion's going to suck. Like all of yeah. us, we were like every, like they did a Q and a after and everyone was depressed during the Q and a, like in the press core, it was like not a good situation. And so I feel like a lot of that has just been like when your pipeline's non-existent, there's not really a lot you can hype up to because they had so much they could hype for forsaken. They could show you the entire campaign and you wouldn't even know about, you know, yeah, the dream city or yeah. any yeah. of the stuff going on there. And so One of them. I just, I just feel like it's, it's, and, and again, this this is maybe another problem that is solved with them getting rid of annualized releases and giving themselves more breathing room to actually create meaningful content. Because I don't know about you guys. Maybe I'm an outlier in the community, but I don't need to be on Destiny every day. But when I do log on, I want my experiences to be awesome. And it feels yes. like they got away from that to just make it like this treadmill that they wanted because players demanded it, by the way. This was a community led revolt. They said, we want to get rid of you having to do destiny chores every week. And the community said, no, we want to live in this game. We want to, you know, be in here every day with, give us things to grind. Bungie. We want and bounties said, back. Fine. Yeah. They said, fine. Oh, they gave it all back. And I, I just think that was the a wrong decision. This is sort of like the dark side of listening to community feedback is sometimes mm -hmm. the community is dead wrong. I see this a lot in Dungeons and Dragons because Wizards of the Coast stands for nothing as a company and they make all of their decisions based on what the community wants, even when the community has really dumb ideas. Right. Like, you know, we want our druids to be able to shapeshift into any creature and any stat block. And then they go, we think that's imbalanced. And the community goes, 
well, we like it. And then they completely reverse that decision. And they, yeah. Bungie does that all the time, whether it's, you know, the uh, random rolls or sunsetting weapons, or, I mean, you can pick, pick out of a hat, man. something that Bungie has said, we believe in this. We think this is the right thing. And then as soon as the community complained about it, they were like, we're done believing in that now. And it's just a crazy way to, to run your game. Can you game. imagine like, if believe, they would have stuck to their things. guns on sunsetting? Now, granted, the execution, we all know that execution. was poor. That's a thing. Yeah. But if the execution would have been a little bit better, where we would be now, with just the fact that right. cycling weapons in and out, you could have a little bit of power creep because you know the weapon would go away. I mean, the right. guy who even said was like, hey, we're going to make badass weapons. Not even with him anymore. It was John Wisniewski. I, uh, one of those two. Uh, two guys mm -hmm. went together to a different studio, I think. But it was all that idea of what do we get to look forward to? I mean, even he was like, from... we're going to make awesome things at a different company. <laughs> Come and hang out with yeah. us over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it has been. This is probably my year of the least amount of Destiny that I've played. I don't know about you yes. guys, depending yes. on what you've been up to. But this does feel like some of the lowest. Now, granted, it's been other releases and other things of that nature. But it's also... I mean, I'm, what am I, rank 117, 120? I mean, that's low for me in a season. Mm -hmm. And I haven't been streaming as much, trying to do other things. And, you know, experimenting with variety has not been a bad year. And obviously seeing this writing on the wall now, it's not a horrible idea. But it's also the idea of what is a seven-month season going to be like if I'm kind yeah. of at a point where we know the holiday event's going to kind of be there for the dawning. We don't actually even have the... Well, we What's know what that's going to be like, don't we? Oh, maybe <laughs> we, we know exactly. Yeah. Maybe that's okay. Like, you know, a game developer I really respect is the people who make Final Fantasy 14 because yeah. every time you, the community runs out of content to play, the game director goes, Yeah, go play other stuff. We'll make some more content later and then you can come back. Yeah. I mean, Bungie's yeah. directly said that as well. Or the community managers have directly yeah. said that. They, they have <laughs> said that as well, but they've they've also said as a principle, we want players in our game less. And then they've reversed that decision and say, well, now engagement is the only thing we care about. And so we're going to yeah. create a bunch of activities right. that get you to log on every week. Right. And like the fact that I think engagement is the enemy of like good game development and game design cycles. Cause like, that's just, you know, like if you're trying to keep people on the treadmill constantly, either your team and your resources have to be so astronomically big that you can actually do that model, or you have to give some breathing room for creators to, you know, for artists to make their art. You can't just. Mm -hmm. That's why I was actually intrigued about episodes because it sounded like okay. six weeks you would have one chunk of content. You could probably play it in, I don't know, the first week or so, and then you could have five weeks off, but you would get like a chunk to digest because we joked about it before Season of the Witch, which, 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 um, we had a pretty good time with this season. The story was kind of cool, but we all joked before the season started, and I don't know which one of you guys have joked with it about, we knew it was going to take seven weeks to see Savathun, and sure enough, it took seven weeks, and then that was like that over. And then when we read the lore in the actual lore book, we're like, we could have had twice the cutscene that would have been even cooler if we would have actually seen it all on screen. And the fact right. that we got half of it seven weeks later, and it's like, go do all these little chores and things like that to yeah. finally build up. I mean, there was a decent story bit behind it, but you could have worked on, you know... People could have grinded that out in a week and then just seen it. And then maybe they want to have people experience those things at the same time. But all it has been just stretched. And even they said, oh, we're going to get creative with the seasons, which, okay, you have a little flirtation with a roguelike last season. Not enough, but it was just, hey, can this idea maybe work? This is our beta test. This one, we got a little bit of a deck builder. Not really. Here's the cards, but they don't really do that much. You just get a random buff in different encounters. These are different ideas, but they're not fleshed out to be anything that really matters. And they're, they're not impactful. 
yeah, they're not anything that long term feels like, hey, this is a really cool new season activity. And then also it's like we did get rid of the grid. Unfortunately, it's just has taken different shapes. It's not yeah. it's an, really it's another gone. Grid. It's a different it's a grid without a grid. The grid of the cards is actually seasons a grid. is so repetitive. Like when you think back to yeah. earlier seasons, like the activities would be bespoke. The weapons and armors would be bespoke for that. It was all it, it'd all be unique for that kind of season, that piece. But now it's just like the same canvas, that battlegrounds three seasons in a row, and all this kind of stuff. And it's just like I mean, like I, if that's I mean, how the players feel that... to consume, I mean, how's that feel to put put together for devs? Like a lot know. of those old seasons weren't really that unique compared to new seasons. You know, or it's like at the time it seemed unique because those types of activities haven't been done, but like the first three seasons, they were glorified public events. The entire, the first I, six I, I, seasons. The season of the unworthy, we titled it that. For, well, I mean, I like, all, even, all even, bl- bad, yeah, opinion. but like Black Armory, right? Like, people, I see people say, like, oh, we want the Forges back all the time. Like, no, you don't. That shit was boring. Like, it's like, it was, at the time, it was like a little bit more novel and we were excited and stuff, but like, that, no, no, not at all. And I, I, I hope that episodes fix that with, because yeah. I think the hardest part about seasons, at least in my opinion, as and I'm, it, you see this with chemistry too, like starting up and starting new projects. It gets the hardest part's always the transitions, and with seasons, it's got to be the same too, like switching aesthetics, switching you know your mindset. And so like, surely it's easier for someone to make one cutscene for a, a single episode than you know because you don't have to switch like models or anything. But if you're switching seasons more times a year, you got to model a giant fish for this season. You got to model a giant <laughs> knight for this season, you know, and they're switching back and forth. And that's probably why half of everything's in lore books. So I just, I, it's got to be, I've got to imagine it's got to be easier if you have a more, if you're switching gears fewer times yeah. between aesthetics and, and you know, uh, enemy race types that you're fighting with and, and all of this stuff. You get to keep the vibe the same. You know, Crazy so Crazy and chat said it pretty well. After eight years, it's all the same. And I think that's the other thing, too, is we are all getting to that point where we have been playing this game against the same time. enemies. We all want different in, different enemies, but we all really just need a clean slate. Whether you need it's, a reset. Yeah, we do yeah. need a, we need a hard put reset. A, put a three at the end of the game. Right. I mean, <laughs> well, would be, I mean you can mark it that well. If yeah, you're going, to tr- going to everyone's point, this is the other thing is like, since they've been focused on engagement, there's the conflation between engagement and revenue because a lot of times they're like, hey, you're, they're going to go buy all these cosmetics and stuff. And that's why they there want to keep you in the there game. There we go. That's what I was about and to say. I, yep. It's just one of those things that I think they can just take some time because if you have, this is a creative thing too, right? Mm-hmm. This is a creative activity. And as someone who's a musician and teaches music, and stuff like that um i had someone said you know uh they they made a pizza analogy and they said well what if we had two seasons a year it's it's just you're taking a pizza and instead of cutting in four you're cutting into two and i'm like no what if instead you took more time to make a foundation have more dough and then instead you can make that dough bigger the longer you spend with a creative activity generally a lot of times that's where better ideas come from that's where right. you get to stretch that's where it goes to the the you know the over delivery and the you be careful of delivering patterns sometimes taking more time to let something bubble and ferment Ooh. and go over and get better will lead to more ideas in it but if you're constantly saying we can't over deliver that makes a paradigm naturally of okay well we can't go over and above that means you're just going to get everything that's middling 
mm-hmm. and not performing it well, and it's temporary in the game so it's like right. it's got to be hard for developers to make something that no, you know funny. is going to be gone I, in three six yeah. nine months no matter what you I, ironically ironically the one thing that destiny could do as a game that would keep people engaged for longer with the least amount of content having to be created is investing in their multiplayer, which is the exact. <laughs> well, you don't. Th- you don't say. It's so crazy. It's so. Well, and that's honestly, wild. I, I think that their answer might gambit. be. What are you supposed to do in between these long episodes that we're planning? Wow. It is PvP community. I, I think their answer wow. is going to be marathon. Actually. Marathon. Yeah, there, I would not be thing. surprised if you know because marathon's probably. They already said it's going to have seasons too. I bet I talked about this uh, before. I think they're going to stagger them. Like it would. It only makes sense to stagger them, right? Like you're not going to have all of your competing your games compete with each other. So you're going to be like, this month is Destiny month. Or this, you know, third quarter is Destiny quarter. This quarter is Marathon quarter. And and bounce it around like that. It's kind of the smart thing to do. It'll probably get annoying, though. No, he, I yeah. wanted to double what up. What if you're not into one of those games? Because I, yeah. I don't think they didn't have a ton of overlap in their audience. We'll see, though. Yeah, what the double up man was saying, it's a perfect analogy. I think that's what's happening here. When you talked about the pizza analogy and the, the investment in time, from a creative standpoint, you are correct. That gives us the quality product. That gives us the thing that, yo, we had this great meal. All right, we good. We can take a break because we fine, right? We, we it, it was it was okay to step away at that point during like the Taken King era and all that stuff. You had that big media expansion. The problem is I feel it's in direct conflict with their business model. They want you in here all the time so that they can monetize you. And we always talk about they've had one of the most egregious monetization and multiple monetization paths in the game. There's a reason. If they if if the community keeps saying, yo, bro, this is too much. Why are you locking the shader with these other things? And why can't I get this separate? Why you got the, you know, the the, the battle pass I can pay to level up each item? Like they've got all these different methods. And to me, there's a reason. There's, it's either A, you live in kind of that check to check energy where maybe you're not as profitable a- as we think. Cause th- there's a reason why they won't back off. It's like E, we always just say, Eververse never gets a nerf. Oh, like no. she Eververse doesn't get never nerf. gets a nerf. And I mean, I saw a tweet about Steam when it just lists all the different things you can buy. It's like it all adds up to $540 to get started in the game. It's $200. Nothing. Yeah. They've never consolidated. The fact that They've there's been... a Forsaken pack and Forsaken Keep, those two are Still, so full price. Why? I, I I have to disagree though. The community just gave Eververse a forty five percent nerf, actually. So, <laughs> I mean, they know what people yeah. do spend their money on. Like, I think there are the, a whole like sec- the Monarch bundle. Didn't like one hundred thirty thousand people buy that last time, and that's there like one point four million for a shader. People, like, there are whole groups of people. This is the thing that Datto says in all of his videos: is there are groups, and this doesn't just happen in the gaming industry; it happens everywhere. There are whole segments of people who do market research to figure out how much it costs to extract the maximum amount of value out of the minimal viable product. So you're right. This is exactly one of those things. And I'm not going to lie to you. Let's I'm just going back to some other stuff. Um, Like I was not a fan of them charging the dungeon passes and I'm still not a fan of it because they should just be part of the seasons. But I was okay at the time and I think this is one of those points where Bungie takes feedback and they interpret it incorrectly. I was totally cool with them doing it for the 30th anniversary. It's like, okay, you're paying for something extra. It's the season of the lost. Here's an extra thing. But I think that they interpreted it as, you know, you get to pay for this dungeon, this grasp of avarice dungeon. This is this thing you need to do. And they interpret it as, oh, 
That means we can charge this separately and have a buffet, a smorgasbord of stuff, and then people we can just start charging people. And it's like, no, just charge more for the seasons, man. They just put it in the season, and then there's more. They did content. that too. Now they now they do both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did yeah exactly. Well, that, that, that's that's always been Bungie's strategy, though, is to do right, all of exactly. the, the models. And I I just think it seems like maybe they're moving away from that, or that was the strategy because I think they realized you can't really keep people engaged if they fall out of love with your game because you're putting out subpar products. And I don't think that anything displayed that more clearly than Lightfall because whatever money you make on Lightfall, you will lose long term when people when it causes people to stop playing your game and streamers to leave your game and all the bad stuff that's happened. So I'm hopeful that episodes and them not announcing the next expansion <laughs> is them signaling to the community. Hey, look, there might be less destiny in the future, but that's an investment we're making in the game and in keeping you guys around long-term and all that stuff. And I think that that would be great, but it's not the world we live in right now. And I think players have every right to be pissed at the monetization model and the cadence of content and the quality of content and all the things because you can only get by on having tight gunplay for so long right and i think after nine years there's a lot of people who are just like look i can get this elsewhere man i don't i don't need to be playing this game anymore there's a, a not only a, a hundred other great games that came out this year but a lot of them are live service games where you mm -hmm. and your friends can hop on and play them for 100 yep. hours so they just have competition now. They don't live in the world where right. after Destiny Vanilla launches, they can screw up for a year because there's no one really else to like check them, right? They don't live in that world anymore. And yeah. uh, part of this is this is a world where if you don't come to play, you end up, you know, Anthem. You get part Anthem. Part of it too, too is like the Anim... Like, I don't want to use animosity. We're grieving. Like we're literally yeah. grieving for the game that we were like, oh, it's going to be this. It's going to be this. It's going to be this. And we're all, I think, as a community, I think this is why the sentiment is is negative right now. Other than, of course, all the all the negative things that happened, and of course, the people who've been laid off. But we're all grieving because we're all like, man, this game has had so many great things. It's had so many good things, but we've always been waiting for it to reach its final form. Final and shape. it, yeah, I know, right? But like it never, it never quite did. And that's the thing that I think for me, I'm disappointed. It doesn't seem like it's, and of course I want to be optimistic, but it's hard to be optimistic when you release yeah. the workforce and you've seen like there's been these management issues. So yeah. I, I hope they, I hope they nail it. I hope that it's a banger. Um, but you're exactly right. Travis is like, they've been leaning on, Hey, it feels good to play. And now you can go play other games. And like, there are so many other avenues you can yeah. get what you wanted out of destiny um but from other games and new content and fresh content. i honestly think an eight is the highest i'm ever going to score a destiny expansion and that's that destroys me because i'm like cog right like i'm one of those people who've always wanted to be proven right in this regard that like my faith was rewarded i trusted that bungie would come through and eventually they figure this thing out and it sounds like instead they're kind of getting left in the dust when it comes to live service and they're kind of divesting from the project and looking at other stuff which you know i'm a big fan of new projects and stuff like that destiny doesn't need to be the only game i play i probably play less destiny than the rest of my co-hosts here um actually cog is cog has been pretty pretty uh light these days but uh, <laughs> uh typically though in the past i've been like the the guy who plays the least and uh yeah it's it's a it's a bummer to to think that they're never going to fulfill that potential that we all so clearly saw like anybody who's played destiny for like five minutes and sees the potential uh but it doesn't look like nine years of potential i think that's one of the biggest things is yeah. you could probably have that as a subtitle in every scene like the season of potential is what we always hope there's this thing that they could do and 
we speculate about what it could be every season, every expansion. Oh, could they do this? Could they do this? Would they do this with the story? Are they? Oh, is this going to be a villain? Are we going to get a new subclass? Are we going to get a new set of enemies with final shape or something? And we get a variation on another skin of another color of all the same stuff. And yep. the potential, the hope and potential of seeing something exciting out of Destiny at this point is low. So when you go yeah, into right. final shape with low pre-order numbers, people canceling their pre-order due to the news or whatever, depending on how hardcore you are, depending which of the content creators you follow, you hearing about all this stuff. I mean, if you look at the videos from Cross and Datto and Fallout and anybody else who's big enough to reach a pretty sizable audience when you see hundreds of thousands of views on those videos, that's a lot of people getting news that even if they're not in the Twitterverse or reading the TWABs, if they do follow a creator to get guides or updates or news or anything, they're hearing about this too. So now you've got an even bigger set of people that are either not going to be happy, be worried, be unsure. So any financial predictions you had that were hoping Final Shape was going to be good, yeah, they're just they're that. they're just yeah. going yeah. down as time progresses. Mm -hmm. Then you have a seventh month season that might have some people, and then you'll have the attrition when people get bored during doing that. Mm -hmm. Twenty twenty four is going to have some new games that come out. Then when you get around to June, depending on when this lands, that is E three time. Depending on when they time this thing, you're wow. going to have announcements of other stuff and all that going on. Well, there is no E3. But there is no actually, E3 anymore. Actually, right? You know what you mean. You know what I mean. Summer Games Fest, IGN Summer of Gaming. Any other names I'm but missing it, but here? It, but it's a, it's, a great, it's a great time to release games because nobody releases games those two weeks of E3. That I, is I, true. happened one time. But that yeah, is it's, true. It's kind of a, but I, here's my thing is I actually don't think it matters if people stop playing the game completely because if you build it, they will come, right? And there was a time where Nobody was playing Destiny One. There's there's times where people have you know Curse of Osiris and said a piece. I'm out, and they come back if you if you release good content. And so if you build I think it, the, if you build yeah, it, yeah, if you build it, exactly. But I I think that the the biggest risk they have is not taking that time to actually create something that's worth coming back for, and then right. the game eventually just sort of like suffering a death by a thousand cuts, which is kind of what has happened to yes. Destiny recently. It's it's, mm -hmm. it's it's at like 800 cuts at this point. And it's just, you know, there's not going to be one thing that kills it. It's going to be a whole bunch of like slow, steady kind of just downturn. I, I think they need a break. And I think I don't care if there's a seven month season of Destiny because I'll I'll be gone for 17 months if the if the. Yeah, if but I don't know if they can survive that, bro. That's you. It, I don't know if they could survive that. Oh, that okay, engagement yeah, so, loss, that is but, tremendous. I mean, that, and they, they're already teetering a, down with now. <laughs> but do they, like, do they need the engagement to stay profitable as a business? I think that is a them company question, but I can tell you from a player's perspective, it mm -hmm. shouldn't really matter if they're gone for 12 months, uh, uh, if they have a 12 month season and then eventually, because if they, if they get there and they release that game and it, it they put everything they have into it, I believe Bungie is a talented enough studio, even though they're 8% less talented now, I still think they're talented enough to blow us away. And it's really just a matter of, of them so. being able to yeah. do that. Uh, and, and, but those questions to your point, Cog about like, how do they stay profitable? What about the engagement over time? That is a bungee problem. And you know, right. I, but, I have but no obligation. It's to our problem that. because if they don't exist to go, if they go away and they cease to exist and they trend I would with, rather, I would rather them not exist gracefully than to continue to exist and become something that I don't want to be no, a part fair of. Enough, right. Fair enough. Like, so I, I it guess, has enough if, money. If, if they're, if they're, if their answer is other games, Cog, that they're going to launch marathon and that's going to solve their, 
financial issues while they reinvest in destiny and give it a second wind. That's great, but that's a bungee problem to solve. I think as an advocate for the game and from the perspective of gamers, I can't stand by and say, yeah, you should totally keep chugging out this content. Even no, no, I'm not, the- I, I agree with you there. I, I'm not talking about that. My, my issue is, and again, this is what I want to ask early to you was, um, with the the actual nature of the delay, because they still haven't officially come out, right, and said that final shape. We we know from Bloomberg report, Jay Shry, his sources are on fire. We know this most likely is to be true, but they themselves have not come out. So I guess my question to you is more the mindset for them for the delay. We hear the forty five percent overshooting with the target, but do they internally say, "Hey, what we see is not good enough"? Like, what is the legit reasoning behind? That's what I want to know. And they haven't gotten in front of that yet. It's definitely not good enough. I can tell you, like, there are some, like, delays where, like, the the reason is so obvious. And I think just based on the reports we've seen and my conversations with people that were laid off this week, like, it's just like they weren't given enough time to do this. They knew that when they half-baked Lightfall last year, right? And, like, they the fact that they have been having to things have not been going according to plan and they've had to patch things. And these are all hurdles to development. And I honestly think they just need a break to be creative, do what artists do best and come out with something that's going to blow us away. And I think, yeah, maybe they'll make less money in the interim, but I think it's an investment, right? Because if destiny, if, if the final shape comes out and it's a 10 out of 10, it's really not going to matter how I'm I'm completely good with that. If that's the reason that that was my whole point. If the reason is to, if it's legitimately Mm -hmm. to make a quality product and take the necessary time so that we don't have a light fall situation, Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, I, you, I think have... I think it has to be. I can't even think of another reason that they would delay it because it's not in their interest to delay it. Right? Delay is always the last option if you're a development studio. The only reason you do it is because you think that you that that, that you're not going to be successful putting it out when you do, and that your team need more time. Right. Uh, and, and there I, was you know, there yeah. was some talk about potentially because the the business year starts in April first, and that. PlayStation again I don't know this I am not in the industry proper there was some talk about the fact that if they released it in February it would be the 2023 That's year crazy. and when they're doing their investor oh, yeah. stakeholder calls yeah, I heard instead that. theoretically maybe they push it out there because it is going to be a larger expansion maybe they would see a return uh Sony would see a return on investment That's better for Sony and yeah, it would be yeah. better for Sony and their investors again I don't know it's just things that. that I have heard even, and again I'd like that to were, be interested yeah. Even if that were the reason, I still think it benefits both the players and Bungie as a studio. Yeah, agreed. Have more time to work on it. And so, like, if that's your reasoning, fine. My my problem would be if they forced it to come out in April because it's got to hit that, you know, first quarter of right. Sony's calendar. That's now. when people... Yeah. Or June, yeah, yeah, but if if that's if that's if that was the reason to hit, like, a benchmark, I always think mm-hmm. that's the wrong reason to do it. But I agree. I, I honestly just think... You you could look at this delay and and be pessimistic and say that, but if you look at the other announcements that they've made, whether it's episodes or not announcing a new expansion before this one comes out, I think that there's a lot of hints to indicate that they're thinking differently about this, and they're thinking, look, we're seeing the numbers go down, and we already know the reason why, because we're pumping out content faster than is healthy, and we can see it in the reactions from our players. Let's just take a little bit more time and you know, that's the old school method of doing things. Like if you, if you take more time on it and it's better, you will be better in the long term, even if it's less profitable 
right now. And and mm-hmm. I, I'm hoping that that's the way that this that's what I'm hoping too. I don't think a delay's ever been bad for Bungie. Like when they've delayed stuff, like I agree. It's, it's generally come out good. Like we know how the saying goes: delay games eventually good. Mm-hmm. And a, and a rush game is forever bad. We know how that goes, and that's the truth. Probably hates that quote exists. Yeah. It's well, true. It's time. And Cyberpunk now is like That's cruising with their new their their new piece of content. I don't know what it is, but it's like Phantom a new Liberty. expansion. Yeah. yeah, and I've heard it's game great. Of it, it, like that. It, w- it would be a lot easier to review games if it were true that a bad game is always bad because now it's just mm-hmm. not true, dude. I re- I reviewed Fortnite and that game wasn't even a battle royale. No, it wasn't. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was it like FDW. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. What did, what did you give Fortnite, Travis? I think I gave it a seven, and then like it, and then <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. It's like a nice little base building game, and then like I went away for like a month and a half and then somebody was like dude have you played that game fortnite i was like yeah that thing's all right and they were like oh my god and then they showed me the game and i went what is this this, this is, is not the game i reviewed at all what the hell that is not the yeah game. very weird very weird situation that pubg's homework well it's like i mean we've watched some we've watched games starfield got a year delay so i think at this point the question would be one is as you when you talk about the delays how long can they financially survive or ask Sony to be like, we need this to be good. If you want our studio to be successful for you as Sony, how long do you need? Do you need four months? Do you need five months? Do you need nine months? And as you said, Travis, like when you put out that nine out of 10 game, people notice if you say, Hey, the newest destiny expansion is nine out of 10. Now, if you're doing all that and you take time to put it together, the other thing that I feel like you need to do to build the trust back as well between some of those things, you need to make the barrier to entry for any new players that see this nine out of 10 be like, Hey, how can I get into destiny? Try and make some of the 14 pop-up screens, the 20 different expansions you got to buy, make the barrier to entry as a new player, not awful and terrible. And that's something that has been screamed at them forever. But if you can yep. take six, seven, eight, nine months, if they're allowed, depending on who you are, depends on how much clout you have to ask for that. You don't hear from Remedy for a very long time at all. And then we get Alan Wake 2 and it's flirting with Game of the Year talks. I don't know where it's going to land on mine. It's on a short list, though, because that game is special. But it also takes a creative vision to be able to drive that game. But it also takes the financial consideration to say, make what you want to make and take the time to make this crazy, bizarre, absolutely ridiculous adventure the We Sing chapter, which you'll like, Carol, I think you got through that. I'm going, it's how so is this in a game? It's so good. So good. And that's so the good. kind of I heard stuff. The, I heard the musical uh, it, on that episode. That's, the musical that's mission it. is yeah. like the banger. Oh that was crazy. It's crazy. I, it blew me away. Yeah, I, but that's, that's kind of my worry with Final Shape, because like a destiny expansion is so much more than just like activities piled on top of whatever you know like it starts at the foundation and if it's not good can you really fix enough stuff in four months to really correct that ship i mean there's a there's a there's a and i you know i i just released a video about this like a couple hours i was watching it yeah (laughs) if if you sit down and like if if i'm like okay why did i like witch queen better than beyond light like it's really hard for me to articulate that like it's it is there are certain things i can point to but there's definitely certain things that i liked better in in beyond light than witch queen it's like a lot of how good a destiny expansion is is like in just the overall experience the vibe the community sentiment like a lot of things play into it and a lot of that takes a lot more than four months i imagine to set up and and get going and and if the community's already pissed off, then it's just, I don't know. It's like, it, 
I, I just don't know. I don't know what that looks like. I have no idea, but it worries me because it's, if it's not great, you don't have time yeah. to completely start over it, and scrap it. Yeah. How much frosting can you, to be an, can you put on a bag? Yeah. How much yeah. frosting can you put on a bad cake to make it a, a or a, 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 how much frosting can you put on an okay cake to make it a banger cake? You know? It's, well, so I, I, I've talked to developers about this too. And sometimes like, the problem with an expansion isn't that it's not good. It's that it just doesn't go far enough. Right. And so maybe mm. the campaign is good, but there's no secrets and there's no sure, 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 sure. Sometimes that extra couple months of polish at the end where you're like throwing things in that have nothing to do with anything are like all the best parts. Like yes. rockstar is a great example of a developer. I've talked to extensively about this because they put stuff in their games that if you scoped it out at any other studio, they would yeah. say, you're insane. We're never going to spend time doing this. In Grand Theft Auto Five, you can get on a bus and take a full tour of Los Santos <laughs> with full dialogue. Like the person will just oh give God. you a full tour. Everything they put that yeah. in the game at the end of the development cycle and like the mini games, some of the mini games that are there, just because they were like, "Look, we're, we have all the money in the world. We don't need to rush this." And I feel like that sometimes that layer on top, yeah. right? Like the secrets you can find and forsake over delivery. It, it really yeah, over and over. yeah well it i really, mean is it, is it, is it, is it an really an ocean if it's only one inch deep you know you so, yeah i, I, I really can... think uh i really think that there's a a, a huge potential and developers know best right and, and yeah. there's there's that there's a luckily a great balance of power that happens in studios where accountants and business people go this game needs to hit come out this day and then developers and artists say well actually we need more time and i think if you let developers have their go of it they would never release yep. a game because they right. all the time yeah, true, 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 true. if you let accountants do it then you would have one game come out every quarter and they would all be bad and so there is sort of like an equilibrium that i think we're lucky to have in the industry but mm -hmm. the, the the i i tend to be on the side of like developers really do know and especially oh, of course some of them some of them use internal reviewers which are people like me who write reviews for their games and then give it just to bungie and say look if i were working for ign or GameSpot, this is what i'd give it and is this a hint have you done that for uh, final shape uh, I have not done it for any games because I write my reviews in daylight, but the the people who tend to do it are people who used to write for IGN and GameSpot and they retired and then they uh, go into work in the private sector, right? Or they get canceled, like something happens and they can't like write reviews publicly. And so then they'll go and work for one of these companies that sell their services of like, hey, we'll review your game internally. And we have like a <laughs> roster of people who know what they're talking about. One of the really popular ones is called um, Hit Detector which is hit detection yeah. if you know what that yep. is in gaming yep. but also because are they hits or not get it it's mm. fun. is it um, hit <laughs> yeah and uh yeah the, the, is one of the companies and they like those are really useful because they will get like full unbiased feedback from a third-party company about well, like the one hey, who did like redfall different. failed at their job and the one who did starfield right. actually kind of nailed yeah. the job that yeah. was so weird which is weird which is weird yeah. because yeah the uh the I, I have a friend who works at microsoft and he told me the internal review of starfield while i was playing it before it was out and he was like yeah we have 82 metacritic as like our projection and i laughed at him i was like there's no way like this game's mm. gonna be like a 75 and then he was like right on the money it was like 82 <laughs> exactly and i was like all right it shows what i know i'm guess i'm on the low end but uh, no, yeah. i think to your point travis earlier about the you know the accountants you know versus the creatives and i do agree i'm very pro developer they know best obviously we have to respect the business and stuff does have to come out at some point i guess the fear and i think why a lot of sentiment is negative you know basic stuff that mano was saying is that like 
when you hear that the teams were not listened to and that the people who are making the bad decisions are still in place is the concern. That's why it's like, I see what Scarrow's saying with the four months, you know, is it enough if people who've been blocking you all this time, the hope is that they have reached the low that they are now, that something has to change, that they cannot continue to produce in the way that they've produced it because yeah. the community trust is, is now at its all-time low. And if they don't get it together, that's the, that's the first time. Because Bungie to me is always that kid who's like talented, but kind of coasts. And then when, they, when, they, when it hits the floor and it's time for that final exam, all right, cool, cool. They come through, right? And then after they pass the exam, all right, next semester, we can coast a little bit again. <laughs> like it's always this thing with them, right? But this is the first time where people go, man, I, I don't know, you know, because of the way this situation was handled and, and, and the talent that was let go and the, the people who are definitely making these decisions not penalized. They're still there. That's the fear. But it's That's also like, like, what, how do you penalize? If, if Pete Parsons gets let go, he gets a $5 billion severance package. And right. he's fine. Like, you, you, you don't penalize these people. You know what I mean? Like, oh, boo-hoo, he never has to work another day in his life. Oh. Like, well, it goes to that, that crony capitalism that we kind of started off the show with is, you know, there's the Milton Friedman. I think it's Milton Friedman who says, he who bears the risk gets the reward well if you bear the the whole problem is that the people who are risking things and saying we're going to make this decision and these are the things that are going to happen we're going to bear the risk they're not the ones suffering the consequences it's the mm. other people who said okay we'll follow your direction and that's the problem but at the same time yep. Pete parsons isn't going to fire himself that's the real problem is at the end of the day, manager's not going to be like, I will fall on my sword, everybody. Sorry, everybody. Oh, I'm out. It, it just doesn't happen because they have to protect themselves and they want to protect, you know, they would probably say in their defense, they're protecting that institutional knowledge. So it's, it's, how do you, how do you balance that? Well, because there's definitely can... been some differences, but I keep going back to the Nintendo CEO when, yeah, the, when he, he, yes. he took the pay cut took and pay I'm cut. like, dude, and everyone like literally everyone was like let's do this and we're going to get on board and we're going to reload it's that same michael salvatore quote that he had said let's all get together oh, reload and now we that? have the switch and now we have all the stuff that's happening in nintendo and even though the switch is not like a super amazing piece of hardware it's still the bet i, I would argue again i don't know but i know yeah, that nintendo is not in the place it was after um wii the, what was wii it called u. the wii we we two i think yeah the yeah. wii u wii yeah u. Wii, wii u yeah mm -hmm. so i just i just think about that is like Pete parsons what he should have said is guys we're not like his tweet should have been we had to let some people go today i am doing this management is taking this pay cut these are the things that we are taking responsible for because we like that would have been such a tonal shift for the community for those people who potentially got let go because at the end of the day he's not saying anything and he's just saying, oh, we let all the we, we let these people go. And that's that's really my my concern is to your point, Cog, is the people who are risking things are not bearing the consequences. And that's the problem. 
Well, or at I least course the, correct. That's you know yes, that's my correct. Yeah, at, yes. at this point, right? If I, I think I think they do get rewarded for the risk, and they take the risk when they start the company, right? Like Pete yes, Parsons exactly. took, took all the risk early, but now he's an acquired company. He has very little risk because the worst thing that could happen to him is his bosses, right. aka the shareholders or Sony, exactly. could say, "Hey, we need you to step aside," and you get a golden parachute. And I, I I don't think there's anything wrong with that, right? Like if Pete Parsons got fired, he should get rewarded for the fact that he's created he started the company, the company. And, yeah like it, it was his baby and he yeah, did take all the risk early Agreed. on like he took all the risk he could have screwed up uh, his own you know finances in the process so i i think that that is working the problem is like what happens when you succeed and uh you now are start are starting to be somebody who's getting in the way of what your company is trying to exactly. do and that does yeah. happen like right like Agreed. it happened with bobby bobby kodak and mm. he's essentially getting fired because he got the the end game, the worst case scenario for when you start a company and it's wildly successful, which is that somebody pays you to go away. Um, but yeah, I, I, I have a, I have a problem with like, you know, it, the, the, to me, there's a right time to leave a company and an acquisition is a great time to do it. I think if you're not uh, involved P, in the clear process, Pete Parsons did not, well, he was not part of the founding of Bungie. Oh, yeah, he didn't join until 2002. Oh, but wasn't it's like, Marty, wasn't Marty O'Donnell, one of the founders. Did you see Marty? Marty wanted to do things. Yeah. I know. Oh, Marty's, Marty's a whole another bag of bag of bag of cats. And stuff he's like, like, you can he's like I got that receipts. Yeah. We can do another episode just for Marty. Just for Marty, right now. We can do yeah. an episode. <laughs> yeah, Marty is a whole separate conversation. Yeah, that's, a, that, that's a different thing. But more just who were the founders? Did you look that up, Scaro? I can't uh, even remember. I can I can I, I can look up that guy, that Jones guy or whatever, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh <laughs> oh, yeah, Jones. Yeah, yeah. Was Josh it Josh Jones? Jones? Jason Jones and Alex Jason Sergino. Jones. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah nineteen ninety one. Uh, God. Dang! Apparently, I'm just Google faster than you guys. Yeah, I, I think Pete Parsons is known for like uh, seeing through uh, Bungie during its like most profitable time. It was like right post he was the I think he was chief operating officer right before Halo Combat evolved and then became the CEO immediately after. So like he was in charge during like all of Bungie's wild successes. So I think sure. I think he definitely takes some credit. He definitely had risk involved. He definitely in had risk with it, to your, to your point, yeah. Travis. Yeah. yeah. And I think that was the point that Scarrow was saying is, you know, you get the golden parachute. At, and I think it goes to exactly what you were saying is if you are starting to get in the way of the progress of the game, like that's, that's when you need to yeah. move on. And yeah. they think you're right on the money with that, mm -hmm. right on the money. And I and I think I think uh, the 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 great thing about everything like if you if you're depressed about destiny right now and I think you probably have a lot of reason to 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 be depressed uh, you shouldn't be depressed about the games industry because the great news is like every time one company dies all the talented people they they something rises in its place and I have no yes. doubt that the Preach. that the people who who've been laid off this year are going to create companies that replace Bungie and their 100%. former role as a, you know, triple a independent studio. I think there's going to be some, uh, uh, you know, it'll take a while. It'll probably be four or five years, four or five years. And now there's going to be like a Renaissance of all these companies that started as a result of this year of layoffs and stuff like that. Yeah. And they're probably going to go on to put their old companies out of business because that's the circle of life. And the circle of life. Oh, those are my uh, balls. They, that's they, what I've been saying, baby. Yeah, the, the young devour the old. And that is a beautiful part of capitalism. I think um, yeah, that's why I work for startups. Mm -hmm. E.
Oh, I'm just, I've been letting you guys all cook. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything we might not have covered so far between. We had the layoffs, we had Michael Salvatore, we got more composers, the artists that left, we had the news about Marathon, and that seems to tweets have been taken down, so I don't want to spend too much time on that in case that was requested to be taken down but you know whatever news you've got about a game that's in alpha stages it's i didn't think i love how that thing was supposedly slipped to 2025 when that's when i didn't expect to see it any sooner than that it's just weird that that was listed I, that way i don't know i always thought it was 2024 because well matter we thought was in 2025 that's what bungie directly said like three years ago but well, I heard I it was like right? i heard matters unofficially unofficially but yeah. was that was always how i f- framed marathon just because yeah. i when we thought matter was going to exist there's no yeah. way they would release two new ips in the same year that'd be ridiculous and so but e- Either way, they wanted more than one IP by 2025. But I think Matter was the whimsical kind of game they referenced, I think. Yeah, yeah. I remember yes. something about that. So you had, yeah. You've got the marathon I, I got... stuff, poor choices in quotes. You've got the mm-hmm. non-TWAB. They actually said there wasn't a TWAB. Everybody was just waiting to see if that was going to happen today. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it didn't because I don't want to see anybody have to write that. I mean, granted, the Destiny yeah. 2 development team is just a generic signature of who knows who wrote that thing and put it together? A HR manager, whoever that is, for sure. <laughs> I zero it down in my mind. I could you you point me to a directory in that building, I'll walk right to the person who wrote that. If Matt got cancelled, what happened to the hundred million investment from NetEase then? So is that, that my, gummy bear my, or whatever no, gummy bear is I keep hearing about? <laughs> my understanding about that investment, and maybe someone has more insight, but that was not earmarked for necessarily necessarily a certain game it, that would just be or, a vested interest like they're doing and everything else is that all yeah they're really yeah doing? yeah because yeah. netties yeah, is doing that lots of places i don't think i don't think you even really can invest in games you either invest in a studio or you pay to have like rights like publishing rights or yeah. something for specific games but yeah yeah they, would, they wouldn't be buying shares in an undeveloped game mm. yeah fair enough well, as we kind of, it has been about two hours, been a wonderful chat with you gentlemen. Chat, you guys have been fire. This is one of our biggest shows. So if you guys do enjoy the show, share it with friends, uh, drop a like, follow all of these amazing people. I dropped all of their links in chat and everything, and you'll see them in the description for both YouTube and audio and stuff like that. But um, is there anything you guys just like kind of final thoughts about, whether it's the situation, whether it's something we haven't talked about, something that's on the tip of the tongue that we may have like glanced over? I uh, just kind of want to go around and let everybody have a chance to say whatever else your final topic might be. And I know, Jarv, you've been pretty patient tonight, so I kind of want to go to you first. Um, just what is anything else that you want to say about this whole situation? Thoughts on the future? Where are you at? Um, I mean, I've pers- I've been made redundant three times myself in, in my life, so I know exactly the kind of feelings going on with oh, yeah. the individuals involved but also the families that are involved oh. as well it's more than just 100 people there's 100 families and households that have got a bit of a tough time right now so just my heartfelt gratitude for what they've all done for us for destiny in the time that they've been there and i wish them Rich. all the best for their future endeavors and they land on their feet and like trav said in four or five years hopefully we see some absolutely banger studios popping up mm-hmm. and uh, i look forward to seeing what their next projects are going to be and actually engaging with them when they become a reality that's uh that's my piece on it really uh, and also whilst this has only been two hours long i've aged a year <laughs> <It's been good laughs> fun. oh i'm sorry it was so terrible for you i'm sorry this was such a bad experience <laughs> that's a birthday joke e yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, birthday I know. birthday 
Yeah. You got a full year wiser from yes. this yes. discussion. That's yes. right. I've learned a lot. It's been good. Mm-hmm. Dog? Look, man. Love you guys. This is this is the therapy I needed. <laughs> I needed to talk with my brothers. <laughs> you know, therapy. we love this game. We live this game. We breathe it. To see the chat and everyone comes out. To see everyone say, hey, I can't wait to listen to the last word it was pretty humbling because, you know, people really respect all of our content and, and, and all of our different perspectives. And yeah, look, you know, we're pulling for them, obviously. You know, we want you know, the people who are still there that are trying to make this game the best it can be, we're pulling for them. And like Joff beautifully said, our hearts go out to all the people that go, I've been laid off before, it's awful. And especially, you know, the security, the lack of that and trying to figure out what your next move is going to be. All of that is stressful and tough. And what I've been trying to do is just trying to, you know, signal boost as much as I can with the friends and, and different other positions that may have opportunities because these are great people, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, as far as everyone else, you know, obviously, you know, I think I look at it from the content creator perspective of destiny only. Obviously I think about you, E, I think about a lot of people whose channels, you know, are focused primarily with this game and kind of shifting to multi, you know, format content, things of that nature, you know, do what you got to do, you know, and, and I, I would hope, <laughs> not saying that this is the end or anything, that people support and people support that because um, we all, we're a great community and I don't want to see it go away. Obviously, I met each and every one of you because of this game. Like, that's yeah. special to me. So, um, Trav, I'm never going to forget meeting you at a, you know, do a fine team chat, you know, that whole bit was like, I've never been there. That was just awesome. And then E, obviously, in person. Skyro, I met you in person. Manu, in person. You know, Jaws, soon to be. <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? Soon to be in the UK and stuff like that. And I love this game. So, communities, dope. You know, we're going to ride this thing out. Me, personally, the last thing I'll say is I've been in it for 10 years over, and I need to see this through. Right? I need to know what the final shape is going to be. So, that that's where I'm at with it. But great show tonight. Great panel. Love y'all. I got my therapy today. I'm good. <laughs> Travis? Uh, yeah, I guess my closing comments would just be a reminder to be kind people, not just to the people who are laid off, but to the people who continue to work at the company and even to the people who made the decisions that they had to make to, to get where they are. Um, it, you know, it, I, I think uh, empathy is important. Uh, you shouldn't attack Bungie. You shouldn't attack people that uh, worked for Bungie or continue to work for Bungie either way. Uh, everybody's just doing their best out here and you don't know the whole story and the only people who do are the people who were in the room when these decisions were made uh that said you can still fervently disagree with them as i often do you can criticize them i'm a professional critic i would know a thing or two about it but there's a way to do it uh you know respectfully without uh being cruel and so i would just say in all of this please remind remember to be kind i think it is one of the things that the destiny community specifically is the best at doing and i would like us to keep that badge of honor uh even in the darkest of destiny's days and i enjoy uh being on this half of the titanic with each and every one of you (laughs) is the band playing what's going on the music's going i mean we're wearing our we're wearing our (laughs) sunday best yeah we're going down the Jack. Oh no, not the Jack. Go, Jack. <laughs> not the Jack. Oh, never let go, Jack. Not the Jack. Never let go, Jack. Come on, it's too soon. Assassin Destiny. That is. Anybody have a whistle they can blow? Like that's the Scarrow's got to be Rose. Who's on the door? <laughs> you me. Come on. Not the yeah. bed. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, that was funny. Yeah. Let's get let's get uh sketch Carol, man. How, what you got yeah, I don't yeah. even know, man. I'm just vibing. I uh, you know, whatever. What happens happens. I'll uh, I'll get the max triumph score. I'll be one of ten people. I don't care. And so <laughs> you and Teddy commiserating to the end. <laughs> to yeah. the end, baby, get that triumph score. Yeah, it's kind. Of, I'm. I don't know. I'm kind of. I've, I've reached a point where. Uh, it is what it is. I it is all I want. Is. All I want is to hit a hundred thousand subscribers. That number has not moved. Like where we at in the uh, freaking still like ninety three. It like oh, people on, are. Man. I fell off. That's how it goes. But I just need a little bit more. But uh, get them there. Honestly, get that, right? like I have. I don't know. So like when I was in grad school, like this was such a crutch for me. But now that I'm done, it's just kind of like. You know, I'm just kind of vibing. So I, I, I respect and I care for a lot of the people that work at Bungie, and uh, I, I obviously wish them all the best. Um, but it's just I'm, just, I'm kind of just angry and uh, content at the same time. You know, it's a weird feeling where it's like, yeah, it depends if I'm on Twitter or not. When I'm on Twitter, dude. Yeah. I just see dumb people tweet and that just it hurts oh. me. So I, I can't contain myself. I'm a I'm gonna get myself in trees, trouble. I think, oh, they're the ones it? in my drafts that I never send. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. don't press send, brother. Don't press send. Carol, was it you or something? There was like some because I anything that I say is always science related, is like I tend to like I'm like, I just need the scare reaction to this. But it was just one of those, you know, like an interaction or something and somebody interviewing a flat earther and I'm going, my yeah, my yeah, brain yeah. hurts just watching yeah. this right now because they're going, that's, see, that's yeah, everybody, everybody has their own son and I'm, yeah, what, that's what awesome. is happening? I'm going, where, where is my chemistry buddy right now? Because yeah, yeah, your mind it, would explode with me. So it's that's it's rough. That's a, another great thing since I don't, I don't rely on this for revenue. I just do it for fun. So it's like I can say whatever the hell I want, and so like I can do things like like quote tweet that and say you know this is pretty much my chat and call people dumb because it's just like whatever <laughs> like you, you either vibe with the joke or you don't like yeah. I don't I don't even know but uh, uh, yeah so but uh, yeah man I don't know I, I wish everything the best and I'll I'll definitely be here I'm not refunding anything and. Um, I you know Bungie's got to stop sending me silver. I'm they're gonna get me killed. Like that's all. Every time they <laughs> so often, man. It's like every two months they're like, "Here's fifty more bucks of silver," and it's like, "Dog, I can't. I just take me sign. Unsign me. Unsign, unsign me. me. Get me out. <laughs> get me out of this, dude." Every time. And so I've started taking it and making like criticism videos, and they just, just keep sending me silver. And it's like, okay, <laughs> you're gonna let me buy your stuff with your money and then criticize it, like, be, be my guest. The day we will be critiquing this set of armor, it's lacking in here. Uh, blah, blah. Well, it's pretty much, like, the the big one I did recently was of the the, the exotic augments, the legendary armor that, that like, synergizes with certain exotics. I bought mm. them all because I think they're cool with yeah. the money, mm-hmm. with the silver they sent me. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, these are really sick, but they definitely shouldn't be in Eververse. Don't buy them if they're in Eververse. They should be end game rewards. And, yes. then, <laughs> and then the last time they're like, here's a hundred bucks of silver. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody liked the feedback. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, no. But, no, and, no. and it's really annoying because like, I'll go months without spending it and then I'll like make like I'll be live streaming, so it's like, oh, screw up, two hundred bucks of silver. It's like, no, I haven't purchased silver in years, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Community's like, what are you buying all this? Silver? I'm not. I promise. Now we know where that forty-five percent went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
pocket. I used to make a wear reserve video every week, and somebody pointed out that every uh, week my silver amount was increasing for the same yeah. reason. And they were like, uh, "Wow, IGN on that bag!" It. And I was just, oh, like, I, I haven't spent it. I just yeah. I clearly don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so the man, oh. um, I'm gonna play the final shape. I'm gonna see what they do afterwards. I'm gonna hope for the best. I think every one of these awesome folks who have been here. And thank you for having me and inviting me and, you know, listening to all our voices. Cause we're the, the big thing is that we're all just passionate about this game, right? We're mm -hmm. all just like super into it. It's been the glue that's held many of our lives together. Um, I think for other people, like I was saying earlier is we're grieving and to Travis's point is be kind to other people. Be, um, Try to remember that there are other human beings out there. And it's really easy when you get to Twitter or X or what is a zitter, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> um, whatever you want to call pop it. A zitter? I, I have, it. It's one of those things where I don't spend as much time on Twitter anymore because I feel like no matter what, like it just it just brings up negativity because that triggers the algorithm. Spend less time on on, on Twitter, like go play some other games and things like that, because Destiny will be back. We want the people who uh we're, we're laid off we want the best for them i think everyone has said it really well like we are pulling for them and that's the reason why there's been such this sentiment so um and again if you're a content creator in destiny thanks for being part of the journey too we're not ending it oh, here yeah. but hope we're we're all hoping like it, the best case scenario is that they see this they pull themselves up by their bootstraps whatever they have and they go forward and then they they absolutely kill it i i want to hope for it i hope it's the best I think we all want that not only for our careers, but just for personally, like we want to just end on like, yes, let's do this. This is awesome. So I think that that's the final thing. And just, and having a little bit of optimism is a good thing. Um, it doesn't all need to be doom and gloom all the time. Hope for the best plan for the worst. So nice. well I think that's the way to, to go with it. Thanks for having us all on guys. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Pleasure. Man. Yeah. Family. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was it was a pleasure. I asked you guys were all happy to jump on. It was probably the easiest asks I've ever had to be like, hey, do you want to talk about all this? And you guys are like, yep, yep, yep. That was the easiest six panel <laughs> podcast. Just want to get it chests, man. It's been up yeah. here for like yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, the <laughs> shout out to Shadow Rider just on Twitter a second ago. He was just like, I, I'm going to pass out now. It's like, I stay, I'm glad I stayed up for it. It was like, as Cog said, it was the therapy session. We, some of us definitely needed. Um, that's kind of the thing. Travis said it. Be kind. All these people are going through stuff right now, whether they work there, whether they lost their job. We will never know all of the details until 10 years later. Jason Schreier writes a book about it and then we'll get the details. But until then, we won't know. And all we or can Red. do. Yeah, or, I'll read her book, too, man. She's been killing it lately. Yeah, please yeah. go read Rebecca Valentine's article. She does amazing work. She's rivaling the best of them out there with some amazing journalism. And we get, we get to see like those type of people get a chance to do what they do best. Right, and get mm -hmm. some of the things that not a lot of us get access to, but their sources and just their professional way to report those things get us information that more of us need. And some of that transparency is good. Sometimes it hurts to see behind the scenes a little bit, but it's good to see behind the scenes sometimes too. And uh, definitely can't forget, everybody, please um, blow up Jarv's Twitter. Even if you hear this a, a week later, uh, Jarv's Twitter, happy birthday. All happy the time. Birthday, just, I want to hear that. Happy birthday. Just, I want to see birthday. that on Twitter. Oh, Constantly. Constantly. Like, Where are you going with this one? E? <laughs> happy birthday. I had to turn it right. Um, but no, it's like, I'm going to be here 
I mean, I've played Destiny for 10 years. Of course, we're all going to be here. We've seen this thing this far. I've got to know what happens. I'll still log in for the episodes, and I'm still probably going to play those for years to come just to know what happens. Even if, you know, my coverage goes in a completely different direction, there's still going to be a part of me. Shadow, what's up, man? He made it to uh, as well. We, we definitely would have had you on as well. Bumped into him. He was passing through my area recently, so I got to have a lunch with him and uh, Petty Cakes. So that was fun. Now, Patty. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, they were at the YouTube like kind of YouTube creator event that was here actually like 15 minutes from my house. I was like, okay, so I have to go. And that's, that's <laughs> the thing that kind of actually hurt me a little bit more than some of the stuff personally was, yeah, it's like the chance of going into variety and I've had some success, but to keep seeing how that goes is going to be a journey to go on. But one of my worries was like GCX, something yeah. like this. And you see, and I worry about the future of longevity of that and conventions and how all that stuff's going. And this group of creators that we get to hang out with and, amazing people in the community that we have met all from this game. And I think that's one of those things that the game may have some ups and downs. And we're definitely in one of the lowest points that we've had that I can honestly remember beyond most, but just think about what we've all gained by playing this game. And we've definitely had some amazing times with it. We're going to go down on the roller coaster and we're going to a pretty low point right now, but hopefully it comes out the other side to, something good and we'll have to see so as usual you know you can call me a shill or whatever but i'm looking forward to seeing if they can do something nice for a delivery for final shape and take the time you need that's all i'm gonna say take the yes. time you need i don't care if it's yes. four or five six months we will be here and you know i've got a giant backlog so i've got a few other things to play so it'd be nice to have a little chance to do that um <laughs> but chat you guys have all been amazing seriously there's so much chat going on i probably missed half of it if you guys said anything to us we're sorry we missed it gentlemen the guests next time i need to try and get more ladies on here i am looking at a lot of guys here on the channel on the panel so i gotta, <laughs> gotta too, get too a little, friendly too many bros gotta get a lot a little <laughs> more bro. variety in the panel but for quick asks you guys did come through um and i greatly i get that a lot it. came through for a quick ask yeah yeah that's right <laughs> Scarrow's good at the quickies. Now we know at least. So that's good. Oh, More dude. moms you can fit in the one day, brother. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has been an amazing show. Thank you guys very much. Happy birthday, Jarv. One more time, and I'm not going to say it, uh, but at least 20 more times. So just watch your Twitter. We'll be blowing that one up. But for everybody, <laughs> thank, thank you. you. Uh, Cog, Jarv, Scarrow, Mano, Travis, thank you all. And for this episode, it has been the last word. The last, the last word. word. The last word. word. <laughs>